owners of that football club have taken an absolute living piss, along with the owners of the other, you know, the rest of the top six, quote Self-proclaimed top six, shall we be Sorry, sorry, can I, can I just interrupt there, right? I'm going to say this, I'm a West Ham fan, right? So people are probably going to know I'm going to be quite biased with this one. But how the hell would Tottenham in the top six they have won a, a trophy in God knows how long? I, 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 said I don't it, get it. I said it to someone at work, I said it's 10 of the best teams in Europe, plus Arsenal and Tottenham. Welcome to the Paul S Podcast. Right, so we are recording. Right, joining me, we have got Martin Johnson looking fresh after a fresh haircut. Look at that, bro. You're looking fucking smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're looking smart, bro. Back training as well. Um, yeah. Back, back coaching, uh, of which I was a part of on Sunday. That was a wicked class, brother. MMAs. Well, no, it'd be one o'clock now, gone moving forward. On a Sunday, yeah. down in Gracie Bar, Chesant, wicked stuff, brother. And we've got Jada Buddha returning, host of the Over the Hill podcast, which has gone from strength to strength, which is absolutely wicked to see, bruv. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Episode nine came out today. Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, doing the rounds. Feedback's been quality on every episode. And yeah, once again, thank you for the inspiration, mate. Oh, bravs, bravs. It's been fucking good to see, man. Like, I listened to about half of it today. I've still got, about, uh, I've still got the other half to go. Um, because as you know, I was... Balls deep in, <laughs> balls not, deep. In, not in anything good. <laughs> no, like we just, like we just said off air. <laughs> Moving on, like we just said off air. Um, it is going. We are going to talk about two six one. We just got a couple of. Uh, we got a bit of beef to talk about, man. Ooh, oh, there we go. Where do we I've, start? Where do we start with this? I've never seen. Oh, I, I, I really don't know. I had to start it. Um, I'll start. I'll start it for you. Man yeah, United and Liverpool fans. Man United and Liverpool fans. Last night, it was like a unification of Crips and Bloods. It was yeah. fucking bananas, bro, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah. Rightly so as well. Um, and I'll tell you now, as a lifelong Liverpool fan, um, I'm embarrassed and ashamed of not not of the fans, not of the players, definitely not of the manager, of no. the fucking owners, bro. The owners of that football club have taken an absolute living piss, along with. The owners of the other, the, you know, the rest of the, the top six, quote unquote, yeah. self-proclaimed top six. Shall we just sorry, say? sorry. Can I can I just interrupt there, right? I'm going to say this. I'm a West Ham fan, right? So people probably going to know I'm going to be quite biased with this one. But how the hell are Tottenham in the top six? They won a, in a tra- trophy in God knows how long. I, 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 said I don't it, get it. I said it to someone at work. I said it's ten of the best teams in Europe, plus Arsenal and Tottenham. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least Arsenal. Not be funny. At least Arsenal have actually won something. If that makes sense, they've. I know it has, it's been a while since they've won something, but they've won FA Cups. They've done other bits and pieces. They've yeah. won like the League Cup. They've obviously won the Premier League. They went on the unbeaten run all those years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like a whole season unbeaten. Like they, they're still a. They technically they're a big club. Had, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were a big, big club. Yeah. But Tottenham, because they've spent a shitload of money on the stadium, and they got to the Champions League final, and. That's it. They think they're like they think they're the best thing since sliced bread. Like I'm obviously a bit biased being it. I'm a West Ham no, fan, I'm, but I'm, I'm in a general, fan. I'm a Liverpool fan, and yeah. I'll sit there and tell you, Tottenham. Like we, 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 me and Paul, are mates with so many Tottenham fans, and like which is they why are, it's so funny. Yeah, they are <laughs> yeah. literally the worst cunts in the world to deal with because they ain't won anything mm. since 2008, right? Yeah. They, they did with fuck all. Yeah, before. I love it. Like they did with fuck all before that. You can't sit there and talk to me about Tottenham. The only reason they're in it is because of of revenue because they do have a big fan base now. The reality is, is if the best teams in Europe 
or the teams with the biggest European pedigree were going into that Super League, why the fuck weren't Ajax at the table? Yeah. Why yeah. weren't Red Star Belgrade at the fucking table? Yeah. You know what I mean? They won, they won the European Cup in the 90s. Yeah. Don't talk to me about European pedigree. Why the fuck were Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa involved? I was just about, I was just about to mention Forest. Yeah. 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 It's all a money grab and it's embarrassing. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's the most embarrassing thing about it is Liverpool and Man United were the ringleaders of this shit, along with Real Madrid. Mm. Yeah. I'm telling you now, because Man City don't need it. Man City went along with it because they'd rather be at the table than not at the table. They don't need the money. They don't need the fucking money. Real Madrid need the money. Man United need the money. Liverpool don't necessarily need it, but um, yeah. our, our owners are too greedy and they want to grab it. Yeah, you can't Ars- turn away Arsenal, 350 million pound, man. You no, can't. Arsenal need the money. Arsenal yeah. have always needed the money. And and same with Tottenham. They don't need the money. They, that's the thing, Arsenal don't need the money. They've got shitloads of money. Like, they own their own stadium. According they, to their the owner. Crazy. According to their Acor- owner. Yeah, according to Cronkite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, so uh, the, uh, what's his name? The real fucking president, um, Florentina Perez, he put out a statement, I think it was not yesterday, the day before. Now, this is how fucking deluded these people are from actual fans, right? He said, we have to analyze why young people, 16 to 24-year-olds, 40% of them aren't interested in football. Why? <laughs> they say games are too long. If young people don't watch an entire game, it's because it isn't interesting enough. Or, um, or I'm sorry, we'll have to shorten the games. Now I've got a solution to that. Get some tits in the game. If you want people to pay more attention to it, get a bird, get a bird to get a baps out. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the reality of it. Like that's bollocks. It's, it's of course absolute, it's bollocks. It's absolute bullshit. Absolutely. Well, listen. If 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 the problem was the fact that you have to shorten the games, why not shorten the games? Why do you have to go then and go into this elite fucking league where there's no there's no promotion, there's no relegation. It's just you lot playing each other over and over and over and over and over again. And, and do you know what's fucked? Is it wouldn't even be here either. You'd have Liverpool versus Man United in Tokyo every week. Yeah. That's oh, what you'd have. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what yeah. you'd have. That's what you'd have. Super yeah. rich nonsense, mate. And it's, as I say, I'm embarrassed. As a lifelong Liverpool fan, I'm embarrassed that it's come to this. Like, it was very telling that Chelsea and Man City seem to be the first ones to walk away. Reason being because they don't need the money. Again, they'd just rather be at the table than not at the table. Yeah. Um, it, it's just shocking. Like, it's absolutely shocking. And, you know, the way that it was done with all of these clubs, all of these clubs, like, like, I, I, like Martin Zeri is a West Ham fan, right? Now, I don't want to sit here and hear any nonsense from any fan outside the top six. And I'll tell you why. Because if your team was fucking invited, I guarantee you, there are, don't sit there. No one can sit there. No other fan of Premier League football teams, apart from with the exception of, you know, maybe your Sheffield United or someone like that. Any of the other teams that are trying to fight for the top half of the table, at least, yeah. none of their owners would say no to this. None of them. Everton fans are giving it a Billy Big Bollocks, but they've got a super rich owner. They're not complaining about their new stadium that's getting built. They're not complaining about Carlo Ancelotti being brought into the game. Listen, football is corrupt from the top down. Yeah. This is always going to have happened. This has been, you know, Liverpool, one of the founder members of the Premier League. And I remember, you know, being a young kid and hearing my dad thinking what a stupid idea that fucking was. And, you know, the money is just out of control in the game. And this is the latest chapter in it. So I'm embarrassed to be at the top of it and at the ground level of it for our club. Um, but I also don't, I don't want to hear nonsense from Brighton fans. If they have fans. What I don't really understand, right, is... These owners have, um, oh, I mean, uh, they probably haven't got a lot to do with the day-to-day runners of the club, right? They have advisors for that. 
are you telling me there wasn't a single advisor for six of these clubs that turned around and said, you know what, this might not be a good idea. I mean, Ed Woodward resigned yesterday because I think the fucking heat he was going to get. He, United fans hate him anyway. And when he resigned, I wasn't really too surprised. It was it was shocking because it was breaking news because it seemed to be every five minutes there was something breaking. Oh, yeah, last night, just going boom, boom, It boom, was constant, boom, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. Um, exciting because like I, 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 who was playing yesterday? Um Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea uh, I, did, mate, right, I didn't yeah. even watch the match. My my attention was constantly on Twitter, on WhatsApp, and just looking at funny memes and sending and, them and, on. And <laughs> do you know why that's fucked up? Because we're currently all three, all three, our team, Liverpool and West Ham, yeah. right, are all currently involved in a battle with Chelsea for a top four place. Yeah. None, no one gave a monkeys about the result last night. Yeah. I didn't even know until lunchtime today that it was a nil nil. <laughs> I was on the way into work and I didn't find out it was a nil nil. I was like. <laughs> Oh shit! We actually drew, even though they've gone above us by a point. Mate, but Jay, like, like our game Monday, I tuned in purely to watch Neville and uh, Carragher have it out. I tuned in at seven o'clock. I think the ninety minutes just kind of disrupted their their. Um, do you know what I mean? Everyone wanted to watch them. That's how I felt anyway. I, I was so annoyed on Monday. Um, to be fair, like Monday was mine and my missus' anniversary, so we both had a day off. We went out. We had like we had dinner at the Ivy and all of that, and we came back and just before kickoff time, she had some work to do, and she's like, "Oh, do you mind if I like crack on and do a bit of this?" And she was like, "You know, watch the football," and I was like, "No, I'm going to watch old episodes of Grey's Anatomy," and I watched that because I ain't fucking watching that shit. <laughs> I'm, I've I've cancelled my Liverpool membership. Yeah. I won't be I won't be buying next season shirt. Do you know what I mean? Until them owners are gone, mate, fuck them. Like, I'm not, I'm not putting more, and I don't care if it hurts the club. As far as I'm concerned, all top six teams next season should start 10 points behind. Fuck them. Wow. Literally, I was about to say exactly the same thing. I think the ones that signed up for that, that, um, thing, and, that and to be honest, as I said, going for a West Ham fan, if we'd done it, it'd be exactly the same. Anybody that signed up, 10 points, bang, off the top, Karen straight Brady away. would look, have been all over that, man. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, yeah. Anyone... Even, look, look, they're money-grabbing motherfuckers anyway. I know that they're, they're money-grabbing motherfuckers as well. They're corrupt as fuck. But, as you said it, look. Oh, they wanted I, to, I, look, Karen wanted to null and void the season last season until West Ham stayed up. No, and it was like, oh. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's all right. We're all good. But no, as you said, like, I've, I've always loved football. Obviously, I'm a massive fight fan. It's probably the first sport that I'll always go to is fighting. But I grew up grew up watching West Ham as a kid and stuff like that. But we've always known it. It's like the Premier League, like chasing the Champions League, like chasing all this stuff. And as soon as they did that, I was like, this ain't going to go down well. This is not going down well. And then obviously you see it. And one of my best friends uh, come down for my birthday at the weekend, Bobby, and we was talking about it. They literally was a topic of conversation. We barely spoke about fighting. We were talking about, crazy, football, about yeah. all this stuff going on. And he said it. He's like, he's a Man United, United fan. And he was absolutely disgusted by it all. Yeah. And he's a lifelong United fan. His dad is actually a Man City fan as well. And, like, and they were both saying it. Like, how, how is... How is this like? How has this happened? How have they just sort of been allowed to? And look, I'm not being funny. When the when Boris Johnson and the future king of England, one of the future kings of England, is turning out and saying, "I think this is a bad idea," I somehow think that it was a bad idea. Well, the it, funny thing just... about that is, is you're not only them two, but you also it's the first time I think I've ever seen Boris Johnson, Jeremy Corbyn, and Keir Starmer all agree on the same thing. <laughs> yeah. all of them all of them, <laughs> all of them said it was fucking nonsense like it's it's, it's unbelievable and as I, as I say I'm embarrassed by it and you know I think there should be repercussions but you've also got to look at the reality is um, it was in it was kind of a uh, a sort of 
caveat to or or, or a combat to uh, the reform of the Champions League, which is coming in a couple of years, which is going to yeah. add they're adding extra teams, uh, an extra hundred games. So teams that are already in the Champions League are going to have to pay play more games. You know they're going to get less revenue for it. I mean, let's have it right. Like UEFA are corrupt from top to bottom. Ooh. We've seen it in the last couple of years with match fixing and everything else. We've seen it in FIFA, corrupt from top to bottom. So I ain't having them cunts sit there on their high horse either. I'm like, yeah. I'm so pissed at the whole thing. For the like, and even, even for the likes of Gary Neville, who, who has been bang on. Gary Neville has been spot on. He's been spot on for a long time about a lot of things. Um, for the likes of him, and even Jamie Carragher, who I love, not so much Jamie Carragher because he was a slightly different era, but... Gary Neville was part of the team that benefited most from that Premier League money initially. Let's be real. Man United United winning them first few Premier Leagues, not only did it set them up as winners, but financially, they creamed it. Like they absolutely caked it in the early 90s. And for him to sit there and be saying all of this stuff, don't get it twisted. If Sky were at the table in their meetings and Sky were getting the exclusive rights to this ESL, no one on that channel would be allowed to say fuck all. I'll tell you that now for a fact. If yeah. this was a Sky thing, Murdoch would be like, no, 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 no. No one's going on there speaking out. You speak out, you lose your job. Simple as that. And the, the proof's in the pudding with this kind of thing. Like Sky are a joke anyway. Like I think, Paul, I think you might have tweeted something similar. When Remember when we used to have the Champions League after games were on ITV and after games were on Sky, right? It was right, yeah, yeah. a bit annoying, but we all had Sky to sort of watch the second leg sometimes. Like... I remember when they lost the Champions League to BT. Did my Sky bill go down? Of course it fucking didn't. I had to pay more for BT. None of these companies like BT and Sky sitting there on their high horse can say fuck all about anything. And neither can most of the players, in all honesty. If you're demanding like Alexis Sanchez 500 grand a week wages, where do you think that that comes out of our pockets, mate? Yeah. And it's about time that we all turn around and said enough is enough. And it's very similar to to compare it to the fight game. It's like a lot of us kicked off when BT decided to start charging pay-per-view. Oh, what? Well, why did you kick off about BT pay-per-view? It's like, well, hang on a minute. I'm already paying 20 quid a month to watch the channel. I'm yeah. already knackering myself out every weekend to sit up till six in the morning supporting the sport that I love live. So you get ad revenue from it because you don't get ad revenue when I watch it on playback or when I watch it on MMA call for free the next day. <laughs> and now you want to charge me 20 quid for the privilege of sitting up till six in the morning, drinking sugar-free monster and eating fucking Doritos. Like, like you're just creaming money out of the game. Do you know what I mean? You're absolutely taking yeah. the piss out of the fans' bottom line. And it's the same in every single sport. And enough's enough. And yeah, like rant, I'm not even going to say rant over because I'll go into another one in a minute, but I'm sick yeah. of this bullshit. Like, and as I say, I've cancelled my Liverpool membership and everything. They ain't seeing a penny out of me till their owners are gone. I'm not doing it anymore. Like, I'll give my money to Redmen TV every month and, and pay for their podcast. You know what I mean? And listen to their shit and enjoy what they're doing, support a small business rather than rather than these pricks. And it's, it's a bigger problem in society as well. You know, all of these companies come in and they buy all of this stuff up. You know, we see it with record labels. I'm a music man, Martin. So, like, but for me, like Universal, Sony and Warner are the only record labels that exist in the planet now. And they own every other record label you see, whether it's Island, Epic, whatever. They're all owned by these same people. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all a big club and it's yeah. a big fuck you. Do you know what I mean? And football's turned exactly the same. And all this stuff about it's a working man's game. It hasn't been since. The it was, it was. And then they've, yeah, they just, it, they just sucked the life out of it, really. Um, the only thing about in 92 with Sky, I mean, a lot. Of, I know a lot of people were, were going off about that, but... The only positives I'm taking from it is that the Premier League is the best fucking league in the world. 100%. The Champions League is the most exciting league in Europe. So they have a product at least. Yeah. With this fucking European Super League, 
I didn't really get it from the, I, I was trying to look at the positives and I'm like, I don't see any positives from it apart from the owners getting absolutely showered with money. Um, I, I can't see any positives for a fan because what's the point? If you're not, if you can't get relegated and you can't, you can't, what is the actual point of competition? Do you know what I mean? And then, and then for the reality being that you, you, the rest of your players can all get banned from international football mm. and you won't even be allowed to play in your own English league anymore. And if you are playing in the English league, but you're playing, you know, if, if Liverpool and Man United have got to play, you know, fucking Crystal Palace and, and Brighton one weekend, but then on Wednesday night, they've got to play each other in fucking Peru somewhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're going to play a B team in the Premier League, aren't you? Yeah, you're going to get more money for your international game somewhere than than you are for your Premier League game, and it's just so. Even if they were to stay in the English league, I mean, FA Cup and, and League Cup, fuck that now, that's gone. Like that, that's been shit all over this week. Like yeah. that's done. How 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 them two can go into the cup? I think the cup final was this weekend. Like how they can go and even play for that, like and keep a straight face is embarrassing to me. Like it's a joke. The way the game's been treated is a joke. Even Jose. I think even the way he's been treated has been a bit of a piss take, really, hasn't it? Like, like, I, like, I tell you what, this this weekend for football, it was like literally turned turn on my phone, and all the stuff kick, kicking off with that, and then I was like, woke up. I think it was on the it was on Monday, weren't it? He got sacked. Yes, it wasn't yesterday. Yeah, it was Monday. Sorry, yeah, it was yeah, my yeah. birthday. I woke up. I was like, Jose's been sacked by Tottenham. I'm like, oh, Tottenham have right gone off the Richter scale now. Mm. Like they they just they they're having they're just having fucking they're having a right laugh. I'm loving it being a West Ham fan. I just watch Tottenham. <laughs> Cracker, I actually cracker. Even though, funny enough, they've actually just won the fucking money game. Jesus, if, if there was ever a time to sack your manager and try and not make it headline news, though, and they, they timed that one they absolutely perfectly. perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't a bit for Jose now. I can't see where he goes from here. I can't see him. He wants. He's 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 been at most of the biggest clubs in in, in the Premier League. Where does he move from? I can't see him taking on Brighton or you know something like that. I, where does he go from here? We always said what happens if he takes on a team that ain't all that. Do you know what I mean? And we've seen it with Tottenham. Fuck all. Fuck all happens. Like a team that hasn't got money, right? Where does he go? Like you look at like David Moyes, right? Has done a, I fucking hate David Moyes because he was Everton manager and Man United manager. As far yeah. as I was, jump up his own arse and die. However, <laughs> he smashed it. You know, he's worked miracles at West Ham. Mm, you can't say anything. Yes. And he was a great manager for Everton. Like listen, Everton, and, like, you know, and Liverpool. Like I've got ties to the city. Do you know what I mean? I've got ties to Everton. Like. Fuck, fuck Everton, like as far as I'm concerned. But he got him into the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? He's, he is a good manager. Jose Mourinho couldn't take that West Ham team and put them where they are. I'm sorry, oh. he couldn't do it. No, he's, he wouldn't. He's proved that because he's got given a Tottenham team that went to the Champions League final, and he's added to that, yeah. spent money, bought Gareth Bale in. Yeah, yeah. And they still aren't even in the top six. How's that happen? Like, oh, they might be top six now. They've won that game. I don't know. They might have leapfrogged us. But the the, the point is like. He can't do it. Like, he can't do what Klopp's even done. And yeah, Klopp spent money, but Klopp's like, net spend is like less than what Jose spent on one player. Yeah, so they are. Mean, annoyingly, they are above us. Well, we've got, sorry, we've got a game in hand. We've got a game in hand, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't do what Klopp's done. He couldn't even do what Pochettino did with that team. Do you know what I mean? Like, Pochettino yeah. was as good as it was going to get. Pochettino probably won the Champions League this year. Just as a big fuck you. What that would be the that would literally be the icing in the cake. That would be the ultimate fuck you. Because yeah, yeah. I'd just be like, oh, you got rid of me, did you? There you go. Don't get me wrong. He's obviously he's at PSG, so he's got he's got money to spend. They don't play as hard a game as you get in the Premier League, but still yeah. go out and win the Champions League. As we we've just said it, this the the European Super League or whatever they were going to do is basically a glorified Champions League, just without the random other teams that go in because you we all know it it's not like 
the FA Cup where you might get one of these lower teams that come in and really build up. Yeah, it yeah. tends to be the same teams every year. But yeah. that's the excitement about it. You get to see the top of every sort of league from the exactly. Germans exactly. To, to, the, uh, to the French League, to the Premier League, to the Spanish. I mean, all these different leagues, Italians, you get, you get the whole lot in one thing. But yeah. to have that week in and week out, it sort of takes, in my opinion, it just takes away from the game. It's a bit yeah, like, it, it makes it non-special. Like, do you want to see a Conor yeah. McGregor pay-per-view every month? No. Or every like, week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, exact the excitement. Same. The excitement yeah. of seeing, yeah. like, whether you're a fan of, you know, we'll get into UFC, but, you know, whether you're a fan of McGregor or not, he's a special guy. Like, me and, me and Paul have been there when he's walked out, and it's like, wow. Like, the, the atmosphere, we were only at a press conference, and Mayweather walked out, and that was like, fuck me, that's Floyd Mayweather. And Conor walked out, it was like, the whole room with that heat. heat in the room. I've, I've mentioned it on other podcasts. I've had the I had the joys of actually seeing him fight before he got to the UFC, and I got to meet him at a weigh-in for Cage Warriors, and I got to see and I got to meet him when he got into the UFC. Geezer's got an aura about him. You just yeah. you feel yeah. it. I know it's saying like there's there's few fighters that I've met over the years that give off that that aura. The only two that I've ever met for for me personally, actually three personally was Conor McGregor Anderson Silva and Nigel Ben and he's oh, a boxer that's three, them three guys were the ones that oh actually sorry I'll go with it and Roberto Duran so they're like in terms of level of like where they are in the sporting yeah. world of fighting that that is that was sort of a pinnacle for me being a massive fan for them. But they give off this aura, like when you meet other other fighters and that, and they do, they're they're all as good as gold and everything. But you just get that that feeling off of and as you said it. The way you talk about that though, that's how we feel about our clubs on European nights, especially Liverpool fans. Yeah. So to take that away from us, like to take away that feeling of of, of being three 0 down against Barcelona in a semi final and and coming back to beat them, do you know what I mean? Or take away that feeling of like you know beating Tottenham in a Champions League final, like two 0 um, Like it's just <laughs> um, it's just it's it's a special thing, you know. Like I've got so many sound bites for this podcast, I can't wait. <laughs> but the thing, is, but do you know do you know do you know the thing, right? Do you know the thing that fuck that like I think a lot of people haven't quite. Some proper fans have realised it. I was listening to, as I say, Redmen TV is a Liverpool podcast. Me and Paul listen to it. It's fantastic. And they did a, like a, they did, they, they got the main podcast, fan run podcast from all six clubs together on one YouTube channel yesterday. And they did a whole round table talking about this. Brilliant. Like, like Mark Goldbridge, Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV yeah, yeah. was on it. And Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV was like, you know they don't give a fuck about us because Arsenal played Chelsea in the Europa League final. And we had to go to Baku in Azerbaijan yeah, I remember that yeah, yeah yeah Tottenham and Liverpool played each other in a Champions League final we still had to go and pay 800 pound a flight in Madrid yeah. like and it's just like this is the this is the what like this is the levels that fans go to and they still spend the money we had like a 90,000 seat stadium for that Champions League final Tottenham fans and Liverpool fans got 16,000 seats each how's that work yeah yeah, yeah. corrupt bullshit but they need to be tackled next, but this ESL thing, that's what they were taking away from us. They were taking away that aura. They were taking away that special, that special feeling that we all get. Even, even if you're a neutral fan and you think, fuck me, I get to sit and watch PSG versus Bayern tonight. Do you know what I mean? Like two yeah. two heavyweights going head to head. Like you know, like oh, oh, Ronaldo's first Champions League game for Juventus. How's that going to go? Like you know, in a couple of months' time or a couple of years' time, oh, this, you know, Lionel Messi's final Champions League game, you know, has, is he going to go out on top? You know, like, we mm -hmm. we get things like that taken away from us because of these fuckers wanting money, you know, and 
Yeah, Real Madrid being at the forefront of it doesn't surprise me, and, and neither does it surprise me that Man United and Liverpool were there either. But I'm just embarrassed by it. Yeah, it's horrible. And but it was good to see on the flip side, it was good to see what the power of fans and social media and all that can do, really. Because yeah, I think you, I'd say I have to give it up to the Chelsea fans yesterday, actually, because <laughs> yeah. if you think about it, they actually fully blocked the bus from yeah, coming they in. Yeah, like, yeah. They See the photo of Petrchek just standing there, like with a mask halfway down his face. You hear like let him through. It's like, no, as you said, that the power of the fans and the power of everybody coming out and saying it, 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 it shows that at the end of the day, these people, yeah, they might own a football club, but they're never. They're, obviously, as you said, Jay, like they're gonna. It's always corrupt. We all know that. We all know that the corruption that is there from the top level to the lower level. We all know what the, the corruption's there, but. You're never really going to take that away from, from like most, like most of the fans that actually give a fuck. Like, yeah, especially if you're put... being successful, if you've got a certain amount of success, like with us as Liverpool fans, like there's a really famous picture, and me and Paul have probably been like at the receiving end of this banter time and time again. But there's a pe- picture of the Liverpool players and Klopp celebrating in front of the oh Klopp, the West Brom, yeah, the West Brom two all, and yeah. a lot of people don't know the story behind that. And the reason that happened was because in the game before that. We were playing Sunderland and we were 2-0 two nil up. And what happened on the 77th minute was all the Liverpool play, all the Liverpool fans walked out. And the reason they did that was because the club put the ticket prices up to 77 quid. That's right, I remember they, that, yeah. They were like 45, 50 quid before. And in protest, the fans walked out. Now, the, the club themselves realised they'd fucked up and they went back on that. And they took that away. And then the week after, the fans stayed in the stadium and I think it was Origi scored a 92nd minute equaliser against West Brom. We weren't celebrating the draw against West Brom. Klopp was making a point of like, we need the fans and they need us. Like this is a relationship. connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, on nights where we're 3-0 behind against Barcelona, what's going to happen? Them fans carry your team over the line. We've seen it time and time again. We saw it even as much as I hate to say it. You see it with Tottenham. You see the reaction for their fans when Mora scored against Ajax. And the semi, yes. like, magic, you know, yeah, yeah. Every, every football team has a good connection oh. with their fans, some more than others. Noises <laughs> yeah. they've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even, even at their quietest, they're still louder than Arsenal, but um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> but but yeah, that's because I mean, nobody can afford an Arsenal ticket, that's why no actual fans can afford a ticket. Is, this is the other thing as well. Like, one of my good friends from work is an Arsenal fan, season ticket holder, has been for donkeys like since Highbury days. And it's things like when they drew United in a cup a couple of years ago, the FA Cup, they put them on Monday night because it benefited TV. And he had to get a coach because there was no trains. He had to get a coach back from Manchester at 10 o'clock at night, got back at three o'clock in the morning, and they worked the next day. Like oh that's a joke. Like that's yeah. an actual fucking joke. Like, yeah. but he did it. Like I, I said to him, bro, sell your ticket. He's like, bro, it's like quarter final in the FA Cup. Like I can't not go. And it's like Old Trafford. It's away. Like I've got a ticket. So I can't not use it. Of course, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and he's yeah. already paid. Like it's already paid off for that. But if like it's mad. Do you know what I mean? The way they take the piss out of the fans to benefit, like you know, with TV and everything else. And as I say, we we need to take a long hard look. We're all complicit because we all, as I say, you know, with Liverpool, we took that seventy-seven t- pound ticket thing and and we sort of let it slide. Then last summer when the furlough thing was happening, Liverpool. Oh, started, we were the first ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah tried, tried to put yeah. yeah, tried to put the the, the staff on furlough and. But the thing is, is what what is so upsetting about it, and I'm and, and where I have shared sympathy with Arsenal fans, um, Man United, Man City, Chelsea, fuck Tottenham, but yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, some sympathy with them as well. But like where I have sympathy with the rest of the teams is we're like the players and the fans are now all going to be looked at as shit cunts for this. 
Like, but it ain't us. It ain't us, and it ain't them. It's the it's, people it's, at the top. It's literally the only way we can get the message across. Though, it's, that's literally. The, I know a lot of people were condemning them for you know it's not the players' fault. It's not the, but it's literally the only way these people can 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 their voices but can then, be heard. But the thing is, though, they say about it's not being obviously. I know it's not the players' fault of being, and again, it's not putting it on the owners or like not to span it off the owners, but. I was I was listening to saying um, on the way to work the other day, or I was when I was driving in the car. And if somebody again, we're talking about the money in football. The money in football is fucking ridiculous. The someone, the fact that someone can demand five hundred thousand pound a week. Yeah, don't get me wrong, they get taxed or whatever, but still, five hundred thousand pound a week that yeah. they are demanding that they get. What in what world does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. There should be, in my opinion, like just in my opinion alone. It happens in America. It happens everywhere else. People going about, oh, the Americans like the in the NFL and all these, and they take miles more damage than the footballers ever do. In terms of it, they've all got price caps. Yeah. They get like a, they get like they'll have like a seven seventeen million dollar contract over a certain amount of years, for example. They've got a long, they've got a less less time of playing life, for example, than what a footballer has. Mm-hmm. But we watch it. We 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 all watch it week in and week out. These not get touched. They dive. They fall over. They roll around on the floor. And that geezer is getting paid two hundred fifty grand a week. And then you go and watch another geezer on Saturday night get paid ten and ten, gets kicked in the legs and stays standing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there should yeah. be. There should be. Like I didn't. I to be honest, I didn't know the the sort of the sort of money that was flying. I knew that there was a lot of money flying around in football, but there was another thing about somebody that was signed for five hundred grand a week, whatever player it was. Their agent made twenty four million for them signing a bit of paper. Agents are a huge fucking issue exactly. in football. Yeah. Agents are a and, huge and issue in football. So when you when you've got that, like they're saying it, like Real Madrid and that are obviously at the forefront. The clubs obviously the owners want more money. They obviously because they they're business owners. They I I understand I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it that they want more money because obviously they're trying to get an investment back. They're obviously, they're never, ever going to think. They're just thinking of it as a business. I understand that. Don't agree with it. I understand it. But you're then sort of going to these players, oh, yeah, we'll pay you 500 grand a week. No, no, no. We're not going to pay you 500 grand a week because 500 grand a week is a fucking absurd amount of money. You take the average, something... based, on, based on the UK average wage, it'd take the average person 20 years to earn what, a, what Alexis Sanchez was getting paid in a week at Man United. Yeah. It's mad, exactly. isn't it? Which is which when you say, when you say that and people go, people don't think that they just hear the five hundred grand or, or hundred grand, two hundred grand or whatever it ends up being that some of these players are getting, and they go, oh well, it's just football. No, that's just an obscene amount of money to be flying around. And they, and by the way, how can these teams like you've heard? Is it Real Madrid? How much are they in debt? Four hundred million or some stupid yeah. amount of money they're in debt. Like, how are you in that much debt? You. Are you are you dumb business? You must be a dumb business person to be uh, this is far in A lot of it's COVID. A lot of it's the COVID thing. Like they have lost a lot of money from that. But in the end of the day, they should have had enough in the coffers to cover it because exactly. they've been they've been doing this for so long. Like it's, exactly. But this is why you know when we had last season where um, you know COVID hit and we had the whole null and void and our oh, season should be cancelled. I sat there. Everyone was like, a lot of people were trying to dig at me because it was like Liverpool were going to win the title, but uh, you're not really going to win it because it's going to be null and void. But I was just sitting there calm as you like to say, bruv, at the end of the day, money talks and the TV contracts are there. They have to play them games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. if you're if you if you like UFC was always going to come back behind closed doors because Dana White was contracted, he had to have them shows yeah. for ESPN. Yeah, had to happen. So. 
like yeah. all of these people that say that sort of thing oh well this this and this like it's going to be null and void or it's not going to happen yeah. like, nah, nah when it comes down to it money fucking talks this is why um them 12 teams particularly real madrid wanted this european super league because you are guaranteed this money the problem with running a business like how it is now you can get relegated and that is a real threat to your business the fact if you take it if you take it out of the current form as it is now put it into this european super league you can never lose money because you can't get relegated that's why a lot of them wanted to push for it i know a girl that works at fulham and obviously fulham have been a bit of a yolo i love fulham as a club like i grew up not too far from there like just the other side of the river and i, I love fulham as a club i think they're fantastic but um i know a girl that works there in the ticket office and they've been a yo-yo club and she said to me like when they get relegated like it's, it's hard times they're all worried they're going to lose their job because the club just doesn't have the money when it goes into yeah. the championship like you know she's lucky that she's been there long enough that she's one of the ones that clings on but a lot of people get let go when they get relegated and then when they get promoted it's all like happy days again you know like she yeah. was there last summer with you know a party with a trophy and all of that and everything else but then end of this season it's squeaky bum time again you know so they went the the the, the imbalance in football between the top and 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 the rest of the, of the leagues is 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 a shambles in, in itself and they call it this football pyramid thing mate like they don't finance fuck all in the lower leagues do you know what i mean yeah. we've seen that we've seen that through all of this stuff with covid all these lower league teams that have got no hope in hell of surviving look at i mean look at wigan athletic they won the fa cup a few years ago they're out of business now yeah like that's how, that's how bad it is like it's nuts to see. And and if you ever go to, to lower league games, like I'm a big AFC Wimbledon fan. It's like, you know, I, I, I grew up in like Wandsworth Southfields, as I say, just across the river from Fulham. And it's kind of plough lanes, not too far down the road. And when I was in school in the area was when AFC Wimbledon started. And I remember being at their very first ever game against Sutton. Like it was a dog shit little crap ground. And I've watched them come up through all of the conferences. Real in football, football yeah. 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 And it's great to see. And you go there and you're standing on the terraces and you're freezing your bollocks off and the tea tastes like shit and the pies are rubbish. But it's like, <laughs> you know I mean, everyone there is there for the same reason. Like my mate's uncle owns part of the stand. Do you know what I mean? He's not a multimillionaire. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just, it, but that's that's a proper football team, you know. And yeah, you know, I, I I said this to a couple of people. I said if Liverpool join this league, I I mean I'll always support AFC Wimbledon anyway because I I just love them, you know. But yeah, like I would no longer support Liverpool if they join that league. I will just go to AFC Wimbledon games and that's it. Yeah, no more. But I don't know, man. It's it's it's, it's a mad situation. Um, but as for you know, me and Paul briefly spoke just before we came on about the apology that the Liverpool owner put out. It was oh. like some robotic fucking. It, it was, was like a bot. It was like a bot on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean, like just, just typing out a generic message like, to troll someone. Like it was just a bot. Did you I both? Am, did you both? I am you, so you... emotionally troubled by everything that has happened in the last. Yeah. Few <laughs> I cannot you know express to you how upset I am. I hope you know you what. Know. Do, do you know what really got me? The fact that you kept saying your club, your club, your. What are you talking about, mate? It's your it, like. It should be what you should be saying is our fucking club. If you want to, if you want, if you want to, if you want to express yourself like this, yeah, be part of it. Yeah. Say our club. It's our club. Our league. Our fans. You know, our not yours because it's you're over there and I'm here. You know, it's too. I mean, as for FSG, I don't want to sound like I haven't got a short memory, right? It wasn't too long, Jay, that that we were in. Fucking oh, shit, big shit, shit street. Yeah, really, we were really. Into administration, really, that's exactly right. So <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I haven't got a short memory. I just think that they've been advised very fucking poorly, and they haven't had the. Do you know, do you know what? You, I, I didn't pick you up on it earlier. You mentioned about the advice thing and how these people should have advisors. In the problem is, is they kept it to themselves. 
So where they had such a small circle of cunts at the top <laughs> dealing with this, right? Yeah. They don't have any advice because they didn't want to share it. They didn't want to leak it. They wanted to do it all behind closed doors and mm. sneak this thing in. And do you know what the worst thing about all of this is? And the thing that makes me the angriest about the whole situation is they fucking did it when no fans were in the stadium. Yeah, so they can't That's what fucks me yeah, off the yeah, most. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's what yeah. they were so sneaky and they, such backdoor bullshit between the Glazers, FSG, Abramovich, whoever else. And they all sat in these little rooms and they kept it to themselves because they knew the minute it leaked to someone in that club who was a football in person like if Ian Eyre had still been at Liverpool and uh, like he left at the end of last season but if he'd still been in that club he was a Liverpool man through and through he was from the city like you know he went off and he'd done big things with Pepsi and whoever else in America and then he came back to Liverpool but he was a Liverpool man through and through and if he had got wind of it it would have leaked and it had kicked off and everything else. Yeah. You see the likes of Kenny Dalgleish, Ian Rush, all the people that they class as these heroes that still work at the club and everything else and work with the youth and all of that. Like, as soon as they heard it, they were furious. As soon as yeah. Klopp heard it, he was furious. Like, that's why they didn't have advice because they kept it to themselves and they thought they were doing what's best for their bottom line and for their pocket. And it was the same. It ain't just Liverpool. I'm shitting on us because I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm angry as to us. But same, it's the yeah, same yeah. Same with all of them. Yeah. They, they don't care about outside of their thing. And I mean, who can really name anyone that, that owns a Premier League team that really, really loves football? Because I can't. I mean, <sighs> look, you, look, you look at this, you look at the state of the likes of Mark of, of, of Mike Ashley. Look at that cunt. Yeah, absolute wrong on the geezer, like proper absolute wrong and just like <laughs> treats his staff that work at Sports Direct like absolute donkeys. Shit. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? No, he's he a prick. Does, yeah, and I've, I've got a mate. I've got a mate. Big up, big up, Simon, who was on my podcast. He's a lovely fella, but he's a Newcastle fan, and he was he was talking about it and all that. And I'm sitting there thinking, none of you cunts were fucking complaining when Saudis were going to come and take over your club last year. That's right. Yeah. Don't you pipe Before up? Don't you start piping yeah, 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 yeah. So, they yeah, happily just, welcome that money. Yeah. yeah, mate, it's corrupt from the top to the bottom. And the thing is, Newcastle, again, it's a fantastic club, a lot of history, fantastic fans who've put up with a lot over the years. They sell out a 55,000 seat stadium, one of the best stadiums in the UK, yeah. every single week without a problem. And even when they were in the championship, they were still doing that. And, you know, they were still sitting there like, yeah, give me that Saudi money. Top of the, you know, QPR, QPR, another fairly local team to me. Like, they're, you know, they were sitting there gas when they got taken over. Eccleston and all them people there and, and Bria Torre or whoever it was that was involved. Like, oh yeah, richest club in the world now. More money than Chelsea, more money than Man City. Like, yeah. But now all their fans are sitting there going, oh, these Premier League teams at the top six are so greedy. It's just like, <laughs> everyone needs to give their head a, a head a wobble with this. You know, it ain't just yeah. about the teams. I think everyone needs to look at a situation with, you know, where, where money is, is too much money. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people won't like me saying this, but, you know, this is why I'm... I'm, I'm quite left-wing and, and a socialist, bro, because I don't believe in these super rich cunts getting their own way. I think when you get to a certain amount of money, they should just give you a park, name it after you, and that's it. You won capitalism. <laughs> Good for you. You've done it, yeah. Here's a Blue Peter badge. Go and enjoy your 999.9 million and fuck off. No more billionaires, bro. End of story. Oh, mate, in a perfect world, yeah, it'd be good. <laughs> Right, <laughs> we move on. Let's, well, yeah, listen, let's, I'm just let's, going to quickly say yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely delighted. It's 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 falling through. I believe is it Inter and Real Madrid have are yet to uh, actually officially oh, Barcelona. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was it Real Madrid still... Barcelona? No, I think Barcelona sure are out. Barcelona are out. 
I thought I was, it was Real Madrid and Inter. I thought they were the two that were still be, yeah. officially yeah. yet to leave. That's what I thought. Yeah, Atletico, Atletico drops out. Speaking of Milan, though, like Maldini didn't even know anything about this. Yeah, see, this he is... come out and spoke about it. He's like, I'm a yeah. director of football, and I didn't know it. So that's how high up they went and just cut. There was a cutoff point, mate, in the boardroom somewhere. They went like. straight to the source. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm glad it's not happening. However, I don't think this should be the end of the conversation. And in, in I don't think it will be because no. No, we have to look at this now. Like it's, it can't continue the way it's been going. The yeah. bubble's burst. All it be, I'm not being funny though. I don't know about you, but I, I personally would like to see points deductions. Not yep. because I'm a West Ham fan. I'm just saying in general. Because if that was us, I'd be calling for exactly the same yeah. thing. Did anyone I don't see? Think it will. I think it will be financial. I think yeah. they'll have a financial hit. Which, to yeah. be honest, their financial hit will be something like me losing a fiver walking down the street. What about a transfer bit, ban or something like that? I don't, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't think look I'm not be Chelsea play without well, Chelsea transfer ban <laughs> exactly but I, I don't think a transfer ban is gonna is gonna affect them sort of team maybe not being funny maybe Tottenham and Arsenal mm. more likely than it is gonna be Man City <laughs> to be fair Man it seems United, like whoever they Liverpool. buy they still can't do fuck all anyway so <laughs> Chelsea, yeah. the trophy yeah. <laughs> Tottenham, but, Tottenham could buy the phone book and still lose so <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's too much, man. It's too much. Did anyone see the, the banter's been quality though? But did anyone see um Wolves on Twitter? Did you see what Wolves? Oh, did? I see it. Yeah, what, what that was put? epic. Premier League, bad. Premier League champions 2018 19. Because every team that finished above them was in that, in that, oh, the top six. <laughs> yeah, oh, so Wolves would have won the Premier League in 2018 and 19. That's brilliant. I think, I think like Brentford, because Brentford made the semi cup, the semi finals of the, of the League Cup, didn't they? And the yeah. other teams are obviously Tottenham, Man City and Man United. They were like, is it too late to give us a winner's medal? <laughs> <laughs> it's been brilliant. But oh, the one brilliant. that did get me, and I know you saw it, Paul, was uh, was Leeds the other night when they got a draw against Liverpool. Yeah. And they, they called it the European Super League Merseyside Reds. Merseyside Reds, yeah. It was, like, <laughs> it was like Champions League and ESL for a minute there was looking like Pro Evo versus FIFA, bro. <laughs> <laughs> It's all gonna go off, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you, mate. I'm glad it's not been done. I'm, I'm glad it's done. Yeah, ab- absolutely, up, mate. Absolutely. Right, should we get on to some uh, get on to some fighting talk? Get to <laughs> a real good. fucking sport. I enjoyed that. I was yeah. fucking, I was a lot longer than I expected, but that was good. Because we said it was gonna go on longer. Yeah, this is kind of said ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, ever, ten minutes. I was like, never gonna be ten minutes. I've done twenty-five on my own. Never ever gonna end. <laughs> oh god. Right. So moving on. Just before we get to two six one, I just wanted to quickly talk about a couple of quick points. So obviously, obviously, this weekend was a big one. With um, it's, he's made a lot of noise. Askren versus Jake Paul. <laughs> no, don't, don't get me started. Seriously. Oh, right. Sorry, did, I'm, did, I'm going to... Did either of you go watch on. the fight? Not not no. live, obviously. No, no one's fucking paying for that shit. But I mean, did, no, did no. either of you actually get to... I've seen the knockout. That's all I've seen. I, that's yeah. All I've seen is the knockout. And you know what? I, I'll be honest. I said it beforehand. I, I, I actually really... I'm probably one of the only people out there that genuinely actually like Ben Askren. I like I, him. I, I like him. I think I think he's... Brutal. I, I watched an interview with him on Monday with Eri Hawani, right? That guy is class. He's a class yeah. act. He's an ex-Olympic wrestler. Yeah. He, he's, he's a very intelligent person, runs a, runs a wrestling program for kids and... Like young, like young kids and teenagers and stuff like that. So the guy's got a lot going for him. Look, he talks shit, but he earns money from doing that. So yeah. it's, it's for me, he was in it. I, I, I would say he was there to compete. Did he have much of a chance? 
he probably had a 50% chance like Jake Paul's got 50% chance. I, I genuinely would say a 50-50 thing, right? But what I'm saying is, is Jake Paul is picking his opponents. He's the only person that's got a, what is it, 3-0 record now? Yeah, 3-0. Of yeah. which he's never fought a boxer. Yeah. He's got a 3-0 professional, say what you want to say about McGregor Mayweather. Say Mayweather carried him for nine rounds or whatever it was, right? He got in there with a guy with 49 professional fights, not including his amateur career. Jake Paul has got in there with another YouTube geezer who was tiny that looks like he'd got, I've got, my cat's got more meat on him than, than that geezer has, right? And then, to top it off, he fought a, what was it, a basketball player? Basketballer. Then yep, again, yep, yep, has yep. never fought a day, probably never, that geezer's never fought a day and he's, I'm not saying he's never had a fight in the street or anything, but he's never had a professional boxing match. And then you go against a professional MMA fighter who basically wrestles people the can't entire punch. time he fought yeah. and can't punch. It, yeah. it was, to me, I sat there and looked at it and again, I didn't, the <laughs> only reason, I'm, I was so pissed off about it. I was so annoyed and I wasn't annoyed about Ben Askren getting finished or getting knocked out because that doesn't bother me. What I was pissed off about is this guy is sitting there giving it, oh, I'm going to be this. I'm a, I'm the best fighter. I'm going to beat, um, I'm going to beat Daniel Cormier. I'm going to beat Tyron Woodley. Yeah, you could probably beat Dylan Dennis up. I'll give you that one. You could probably beat Dylan Dennis but up. That's, but that's, that's the other person he's going after is Dylan Dennis. And you and I and, and Paul, we all know Dylan Dennis can't strike oh, for striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a jiu-jitsu guy. What yeah. I would say is, okay, you fight Dylan Dennis, right? You, fight, you, you two are probably a little bit more on the size. Because also, that's another thing. They weighed in at, what was it, 191? 191 one, yeah. one and a half, yeah. 191 and a half, right? Ben Askren fights at 170, for yeah. God's sake. He looked guy, awful. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't look great normally like, anyway, but I mean, he no, looked really bad this time. <laughs> he looked really bad. And, yeah. and the thing is, is what I sit there and take from it, he's calling out someone like Conor McGregor. The size difference is ridiculous. But Conor would still snap his ridiculous. head off. <laughs> but yeah, again, but what I'm saying is, is there's no point in that. Like the, the the interesting one for me that's come out, and I was actually listening to an interview with him this week or today actually, is Tyron Woodley. It's the only one that I've sat there and I'm going, put Tyron Woodley in there. Against who, Jake Tyron Paul? Woodley. Yeah, Tyron Woodley will knock that cunt out within... Yeah. Do you know what? It's, it's funny you say that. He got really badly dis- disrespected by Ooh. Jake Paul and his... Um, his oh. entourage, like, uh, yeah, you know his entourage. When, when they wrapped the gloves. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I've, I've I've heard in interviews about stuff that's happened, and uh, what it is is I I'm one of these people that I watch YouTube stuff. I won't watch anything that will put stuff in that man's pocket because for <laughs> me, for me, look, he's got loads of money, right? He's got money. He's got the ability to, and good luck to him, right? He's got the the money to go and train twenty four hours a day. If I had his money, I wouldn't say I wouldn't do. I wouldn't be talking like he would because that's not me, but you're basically trying to say that you are a fighter and you've never fought a proper fighter in yeah. terms of somebody that can strike. You put him up against Israel Adesanya, for example. What is Israel Adesanya going to do to Jake Paul? I'm yeah. telling you what he's going to do. He's going to knock him spark out, potentially put him in an hospital and hopefully put him in a coma. Because With one hour behind his back. Exactly. <laughs> can, I, exactly. can I just quickly ask... 
Sorry, go on. Did, does either of you know, did Jake Paul make his money from YouTube or was he already this like rich kid? Like what, like, I don't, what is I don't his know. backstory? Because I, I, I know, know nothing I about know. him. Right, so I've actually, again, listened to stuff this week. I was listening to Ariel Hawani and Daniel Cormier's show. Yeah. What it was, his dad, right, got him and his brother into YouTube. His, his, his brother's be, Logan Paul, right? Yeah, his brother's right, Logan yeah. Paul. He's meant to fight Floyd Mayweather. Again, the, the size difference between yeah. them is absolutely stupid. Yeah, Jake, he was at, um, Logan. Logan was at WrestleMania like, like two weeks ago and I watched a bit of it and he was like, he was as big as one of the wrestlers. I was exactly. like, what the fuck? How's he going to fight Floyd? <laughs> yeah. Again, but uh, this is what I'm saying. Like, they, We're in this sort of stage at the minute, I think, with, and this is the problem with boxing at the minute. Boxing was starting to... Well, boxing is. Boxing is starting to come back because... In my opinion, a lot of the British fighters and some American fighters and some Mexican fighters. There's some guys coming through that we've all seen. We've seen the Anthony Joshua, obviously, and Tyson Fury thing that's going to happen. Um, th there's other boxers coming through. Uh, I watched Conor Ben the other week. I don't know if any of you's got to see Conor Ben fight. Uh, Nigel Ben's son looks phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Miles better than probably his dad ever looks. And I'm a massive Nigel Ben fan, but he looks. Absolutely brilliant. But you've got these guys coming through and these guys have had to work. And don't get me wrong, Conor Ben probably had a little bit more privileged life than most boxers. But that kid works hard. He yeah, works man. his ass off in the gym every day and he's probably done for the last 10, well, pretty since he was a kid. So he's been yeah, working yeah. it that long. That's what I'm saying. Like, And this guy comes in and don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not sitting there jealous of the money side of it. Look, good luck to him. Go and earn your money. Go and earn your money. But if you're going to sit there and call yourself a fighter and you're going to say that you, you're you one of the best boxers out there, go and fight somebody at 191 who is the same same record as you, 3-0, who is a boxer that potentially mm. sat there for maybe the last seven, eight years, nine years, ten years, training consistently and has some boxing skills and go and do the same thing that you did to Ben Askren at the weekend to that guy. I would put... My house on it. I would. I, I would never say that. But I would have put the keys to my house on that. That he would get absolutely destroyed. It's funny. I, I said to I said to Paul when I was a guest on here on, on like you know a few months back, and we were first talking about it happening. And I actually said to him, and you know, not to sound like a prick, but I know like outside in, in real life, I know I can have a row. Like I've told I've told Paul I did valet Tudo and all that when I was younger, and so I mean I've had fights in pubs and all that. Like I've beat up big men. Now, if you put me in a fucking ring with Ben Askren, I'm confident I can last a couple of rounds, bro. He can't punch. He can't punch, bro. I've got a head like a rock. Like I've, I, have, I, have smashed, I have smashed my head on the pavement and on walls and shit when I've been out of my nut so many fucking times in my life that, like, literally, like, my missus punched me in the head the other day. I couldn't feel fuck all. I'm confident. I'm confident that with some, you know, 10-ounce gloves on, get me in a cage of Ben Askren, move around a little. I'd be blowing out my arsehole because I'm fat as fuck. But... Let's get it done. But, but I'm telling you, he can't punch, bruv. He can't. Like, I've sparred with amateur boxers and it's a whole different world. Like, when you're actually trying to spar with someone who knows what they're doing, like, and we were all watching him in them videos. Do you know what I mean? We were all watching yeah. him hit pads and, and we were all going, oh, it's dog shit. Like, blah, blah, blah. Mate, he is, on the, he is the striking equivalent of CM Punk. Like, he just he just is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is but but, but but I have to say, I love Ben Askren. I'm a fan of Ben yeah. Askren, and he's one of the best amateur wrestlers that ever lived. Yeah. But he can't punch. Yeah. <laughs> no, and the thing is, complete mismatch, man. The guy, 
there's, there's another point that people haven't sort of seemed to forget. The guy went from being in the UFC, or when it, no, actually rephrase that. He went from being in Bellator to being in one championship. After one championship, he retired. He was done. Yeah. Yeah. He was done for many, yeah. many years. Come out of retirement to go to the UFC because they finally offered him his shot. In my opinion, five or six years too late. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Right? Because if you were there five or six years earlier, he would have been a UFC champion. I would put money on that. Now, yep. five or six years earlier, that guy would have been a UFC champion and been very dominant. I think if you put him versus George St. Pierre, I think he'd out-wrestle George St. Pierre. And that's yeah. saying something. Yep. That's oh, saying yeah. something, yeah, considering yeah. how good GSP is. Yeah, but, but, but ben, so, ben, as you say, Ben, five years before he joined the UFC, was that good in wrestling? Like, as simple as yeah. that. It really was. He and, still technically is. But, yeah. sorry, I just like, the thing is as well, people don't realise, is once he'd retired from them three fights in the UFC, the geezer's just had a hip replacement. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he has. Yeah, yeah. He had yeah. a hip replacement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's had a hip replacement. Has been basically trying to get back to normal, and these guys, these Jake Paul's people, ring him up and give it. Oh, do you want to take this fight with Jake Paul when he's this geezer? Admittedly, he's been training. He's been training maybe for the last three years, four years, constant at boxing because he's got the money to go and do that. And and for me, I I sit there and it makes me cringe because I I would put I would put everything everything in faith in someone like Tyron Woodley to go out there and knock him out. Will he fight Tyron Woodley? Fuck no. Oh, no. Absolutely he's out, not. He's come out. All talking, suicide. Yeah, he's <laughs> sat there and he's even said about, um, who was he talking about now? Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier basically said something about, oh, I want him to get knocked out. Jake Paul, this, that, and because he was talking shit. And then Daniel Cormier come out this week and was like, I would whip his ass. He went, I'm not going to fight him because he doesn't have my respect. He doesn't have, he hasn't done. He went. I'm a former world champion at two different weight classes and two yeah. time two weight classes at simultaneously. He went. I would whoop his ass. That's his exact words. Jake Paul has then since come out. I've seen something pop up today on on Instagram or whatever it was, saying, oh, "I beat the I beat the shit out of you, fat so and so, whatever." And I'm just Shut sitting up. going. These please, these people, please. these UFC fighters, they need to stop entertaining this shit because it's actually That's a joke. Right? But 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 the biggest problem I've got with it is Ben Askren, I believe, earned more getting knocked out by a YouTuber on Saturday night than he did in all three fights in the UFC. And it's a big problem. And that's it's sad, yeah. That's sad it's it's that, yeah. something I wanted to bring up because I saw this last night, or uh, sorry, I saw this first thing this morning, and you guys might have seen it as well. I saw a, a quote on MMA fighting from Corey Anderson. And he said, UFC gave me the career. Bellator gave me the life. In two fights in six months with Bellator, I've made double what I did. In 15 fights, which is 11 wins with two win bonuses in seven years with the with the UFC. Now I live and enjoy life to the fullest with my family every day. Let that marinate. And that's why yeah. a lot of these UFC guys are entertaining this bullshit. And that's why Ben Askren took it. And like, I'm not saying like Ben Askren's like a greedy person or anything like that, but he was offered like a half a million dollar purse just to turn up. Let alone one minute and 10 seconds even even if he did just take a dive mate i'd take a dive all day long for a million pound but bro i'd get knocked out for a million pound are you yeah. mad i'd let you i'd let jake paul have a shot i'd on suck my a kid. dick for a million pound bro depends whose dick um 
<laughs> but the reality is, like, I would let Jake Paul land one on my chin flush for a million pounds. Oh, all day long. I'd see him in the car park afterwards. I'd brick him and his brother. But, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is anyone would take that money. They'd be stupid not to. Like, you know, I, 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 everyone knows I was like a big WWE fan and I was a big fan of CM Punk as a person. And as a pro wrestler, like, but I knew he was going to get sparked out in the UFC. But if it was your dream to always go and fight in a cage, you had the opportunity to do it. And Dana White put a million dollars on the table, plus whatever in the background in pay-per-view points. Would you not go and sign on the dotted line? Why sign do you me think? hundred percent. And CM Punk, I, I've known, like, not that I know him, but I've followed him for years and I know what he's like as a human being. He is the sort of person that would go and have an amateur MMA fight because he just wants to do it. But he also knows his worth. But he, he he can walk in there, and this is why combat sports is such a shit show. He can walk in there um, and and just take you know a million dollars out of the UFC, uh, and these other fighters can't get fuck all. And it's crazy the way it, it goes back to similar with a football talk. Do you know what I mean? It's like all of these teams just milking the money, and the same with the top fighters in the UFC. And it's crazy. But that's that's one of the reasons Askren did it. Everyone knows it, and that's why these guys are piping up now. Uh, but as for like D, uh, bruv, DC needs to stop entertaining that shit because he's retired, man. Just just be the daddest man on the planet and leave it. Do you know what I mean? The thing is, is I think what you said there with the money side of it, I've it's always been a bit a bit of a gripe with me with the UFC. But obviously, in recent years, a lot of people know there was a whole headline. Oh, the UFC got sold for four billion, four point two billion dollars. It was whatever it was. The the fritters and. Funny enough, Dana White's just cashed his last bit of uh, last bit of uh, shares that he had in the UFC. He's just cashed that in, and made a shit ton of money himself mm. that he had, or the percentage of the of the thing because they want to try and publicly trade that in the future. They want to put it on like the stock exchange and stuff like that. But what the UFC are trying to do now, don't get me wrong, they've always been a bit tight, but they're trying to recoup a lot of that money that they spent out, like w, uh, WME or whatever it is, WMI, who bought the UFC. They're trying to recoup that money. But as you said, it, I, I personally believe if there's a fighter fighting for 10 and 10, 20 and 20, whatever it is now that the the minimum is, I'm sure it's... I'm sure it's more than 10 and 10 now. I'm sure it is because I knew that just, was... Just to clarify for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, 10 and 10 means 10 grand to show up and then an extra 10 Glad grand if you know. win, right? Yeah. And that's what a lot of the lower league, like a lower card fighters are getting. And when people hear that, that's mad. And when you see some of the fighters talk about like, yeah, I've got 20 and 20, but, you know, two grand of that had to go to my coaches, another grand to my corner, you know, then I had to pay for this and that in my camp and everything else. It's like after taxes and that, I walked away with five grand for training for eight weeks and getting the shit beat out of me. I don't know if you, and like it's something that over the years I've noticed more and more. So, if you look at Conor McGregor, for, actually, I'll tell you what, I won't even use Conor McGregor as a sample. I'm going to use somebody else as an example. Who can I use as an example? That's a good example of that now. Um, ah, Kamar Usman. Right? That guy is very active in yep. the UFC. Very, very active. But you know, he fought something like, what was it he fought before he got a title? I'm sure it's like seven or eight fights he fought. Yeah, yeah. And he fought quite regularly. He did have some gaps in between. But Technically, he's actually the most active champion they've ever had. He's fought like the most that any champion has fought in years. If you look at most champions, they don't fight as many times as he does. He gets paid a lot of money because he knows his career span is going to be a lot less 
than say for example some of the younger fighters come up because he's notoriously bad for getting injured and all of that and now he's probably training a little bit smarter yeah he seems to have found a way to work around his injuries hasn't he yeah and I think he's just training smarter now he's not having them them ridiculous he's under uh, Trevor Whitman who's a fantastic coach probably probably actually now one of my favourite coaches if I was if I was to say I was able to go and train with anybody in a striking sense would be Trevor Whitman. Like His analysis as well. When they bring him in on yeah. UFC cards and he does the little bit, oh, love it. He's it. just pinpoint with everything. Do you know who needs a podcast is Whitman and, ha- and Dan Hardy. They need to, they need to sit down together. Oh, sure. <laughs> they need to sit down together. <laughs> Don't that blow people's minds. That will blow, like, blow, blow my mind. But um, yeah, I, I sit there and look at the, the, the pay scale in the UFC and I can understand why the lower fighters get a lower amount of money. But, I think what the UFC tried to do with the lower guys, again, don't necessarily agree with it because obviously these guys are taking punches to the head. There could be very, very long-lasting. Like, I'll be honest, I didn't fight as long as maybe I'd have liked to and stuff like that in the past when I fought. But I know for a fact now that I haven't got the most sort of uh, long-lasting injuries, but I've got injuries that are still around since fighting. I've got a damaged nose, I've got bad knees, I've got problems with my hands sometimes, shoulders. It just happens. Like for doing the sport for as long as I've done it, it, it happens. You you fight everybody, everybody, no matter how long you do a sport, you have some form of reoccurring injury. But obviously getting punched in the head is just not fun. So what I think what the UFC tries to do with the lower tier fighters is they try to get them to fight more regularly. So you see certain fighters like um I know I use an example now, Kevin Holland. He fought, uh, he's, he's fought like two times in the last month. Like last year, he fought something like four, five or six times last year. He was five and oh, stu- five and oh in a year. Yeah. yeah. Five and oh in a year. Two and oh this so year. <laughs> he's over yeah, two this year. So, but that guy fought five times last year. His paychecks would have gone through the roof. Mm. By the time he'd gone from his, whatever it was that he was on 20 and 20 or 10 and 10, whatever it was that he was on, he might be on, 50 and 50 now or 70 and 50 or he might be on something like he would be on more money because he's won more fights what the UFC tried to do is they tried to build a model where the, obviously the more you fight the more money you earn which is a great a great thing to do but at the end of the day there's no, you're not always going to come out of a fight totally unscathed yeah there was a fight the other week um, you've all probably all seen it uh, a guy called Arnold Allen Legend, legend in the game. Yeah, I love Arnold Allen. I've got, I, I've, I, I've had the the pleasure of one training with him on a few t- different occasions, jujitsu wise, and he done a seminar down my old gym. And one of the nicest, quietest people you'll ever meet, but an absolute savage. Yeah, an absolute savage. Like the nicest person in the world in the gym grabs something. It, it's very difficult, and that guy is so technical. I think he's on like a seven or eight fight win streak guarantee you that he's not making a stupid amount of money I'm not saying he's not making good money but he's definitely not sitting there giving it oh I can just not do this anymore which is it's a shame like he's in seven fight win streak in the featherweight division which technically is the one of the um, the toughest tougher divisions in the UFC and he's no even they're not even talking about him going for a title yet and he's seven and oh it's eight it's eight and oh in the UFC now Oh, he's 18 and 0 now. 17 and 1 overall. 
That's mad. And I know, and uh, that's the thing with the UFC unfortunately. And the thing is, is in, that... in, in that eight and zero streak as well, he's beat uh, like just a couple of them: Makwan Amirkani, Gilbert Melendez, Nick Lentz, and Sadiq Yusuf. Yeah, that's 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 decent. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. decent. And I remember, I remember the first, his actual first fight in the UFC. I think it was short notice, and he got a call it like a ninja choke that he caught, and he's actually caught that twice in the UFC. Exactly the same choke. If you can, if people go and actually have a look at it up, the way he does it, he's vicious with it. The guy is, and technically, you see him against Sadiq Youssef the other week. Like technical wise, he's very, very technical. And when he hits people with that left hand, they know about it. Like the shame of it is with him, he's not quite getting their finishes. I really, really want to see him get a finish because I've spoke to him in the past and I said. I said, you're just itching for that finish. He went, yeah. Like I remember when he fought, uh, he fought on this, the card. It was either, oh, wait a minute, what card was it? Oh, no. It would have been um, Bisping versus Silva at the O2. I was there and he was fighting a guy called... You was there as well, Jana? No, I didn't go to that. I oh, no, it was the Manchester one you went to, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I've got, I've, just the one. yeah, I've got it in front of me. He was fighting uh, Yeltsin Meza. That's it. One of Ben Henderson's training partners, and he drops him right at the end, and thought he knocked him out. So he thought, "Yes, I finally got that finish." End up being the Bellwood win, and and it was as I said, like that guy. I think I think you're going to see big, big things from him, but he just needs that extra little step now, that yeah. extra little step. But you think about eight and zero, oh and he's still he probably is not able to sit back and kick back and relax like Conor McGregor. Actually, I won't even use Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor is a different. A different, <laughs> different sort animal. of yeah. different animal, but yeah, the UFC obviously they're just they're a business at the end of the day. They they all are like they they sit there and give it. Oh yeah, we're all about the fans. No no no, you're there to make money. Yeah. You're there to make money, and I understand it, but it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. They do try and build and market people as much as possible, but then when they like Kevin Holland was going to be the next big thing with his with his reels. Sean O'Malley was going to be another one with his knockout reel and walking off, and then he loses, and then. They do try and market you a little bit, but then you know. yeah, I think I think Sean's got a better chance of coming back, you know, straight away than Kevin. Kevin's got a lot more to learn than Sean has. I think Sean's yeah. got Sean's He's, got so much potential. It's, it's, yeah, it's natural talent. Um, yeah, yeah, and and the, there's no ceiling for him. Whereas I think you know, looking at what happened the other week against Vittori, I think we and, and against Brunson, there is definitely a ceiling for Kevin Holland, and he's got a lot more work to do than Sean O'Malley. He's but, so frustrating, uh, man, to yeah. watch. But it's so there's, frustrating. There's, there's a lot of really, really good talent coming through. But, um, you know, we were talking about fans there. What's everyone thinking about the fans finally being back this weekend? Um, I'm not <laughs> We've quite enjoyed it though. I was just going to say, I've got to be honest, I actually really liked it with no fans. (laughs) But I enjoyed that point of view. I have enjoyed that, but I don't know about anybody else. Obviously, being that, Jay, you've obviously been to. Did you say, did you been to. I went to to see uh, Bispin Henderson. I was at 204. Yeah. Oh, where, where was you sat? Because I was sat right up in the gods. I was like, so basically, you know, it's like obviously got the two tiers. We were yeah. right at the very front of the upper tier. Oh, okay. Which for me is probably like, I, I know a couple of people that were sitting in a lower tier and the view from down there was really obscured by the cage. Whereas yeah. from where we were, we weren't really that obscured. We could actually see quite into it. And obviously you've got the screens in that as well. But but yeah, no, that was, that was a fucking great night. That was... It was a good night until um, I remember when they decided to shut the bars at whatever time it was. It weren't me because I wasn't drinking. But 
everybody else in there that was battered was they all I'm just all remember everybody kicking off towards yeah. the end, like yeah. right at the end of the event. But um I had a couple of yeah. cans of monster and a bag of crisp, mate. That was me for the night I was done. <laughs> I re- I remember because we actually uh because me and my friend uh Bobby, we usually go to the fighters hotel and meet all the fighters and have photos and all that sort of stuff done. And we'd been out all day and I remember we thought We'd get back, we've had a couple of hours kip, and then we go to the event. No, we got in and we had like 45 minutes to get ready and have to get yeah. back out again. I was like, oh, We actually God. um we actually met Paddy Pimblett that night. He was wandering around in there. He was just literally he was sitting just behind us, like but much further back. But he was, was just, yeah, he was just wandering around where the yeah. where the food bits were in that. And a lot of people didn't recognise him or didn't know who he was, like obviously like quite casual or just UFC fans. And me yeah. and the boys, me and the boys are just like, fuck me, it's Paddy the Baddy. And I think it had not long since he had last fought, and I think he was still champ at that point as well. And I said to him at that time, we're going back five years now. I said to him, like, mate, like we need you here, Paddy. Like, what's going on? Is I don't worry about that, lad, I'll be there. Uh, and he's just like, you know, he's, he said he did, but he said, like, he did say at them times, he's like, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about it he said but not sure but obviously now yeah no i think i remember you tweeting about that at the time actually yeah there's a picture on my instagram there's a picture of all of us together with with, with paddy the baddie so but he was there with like a couple of little wrong-uns from liverpool you know what i mean like, <laughs> he's just like he was just there with, with his pals you know what i mean no yeah. like special treatment like didn't get it. he was sitting up in the gods do you know what i mean like he was he was the rest he was one of the rest of us and yeah he's, he's a lad paddy i really liked meeting him mm. he was cool good guy good guy but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gassed. I am gassed for the fans to be back because it does add a little bit of, of something else. And obviously, it's it is a really fucking huge card, isn't it? Like, yeah, big. This is like this is this is one of them ones where if you charge me twenty quid for this, okay, I'm not that bothered about it. Do you know what I mean? That's that's fine. Like, but charging me twenty quid to watch, you know, Nunes versus Felicia Spence, you can suck my knob. Like, so. <laughs> well, look. Um, just before we get under two six one, I just wanted to quickly run it by. By you two, um, <clears throat> the fight night that's just gone on, particular yeah. the one that didn't go ahead, which was uh, Jeremy Stevens pushing Drakkar. And I'll read out, <laughs> I'll read out because he, he, he put out a little statement on Twitter. Um, so the fight was cancelled, right? It was just before the prelims, the fight was officially cancelled. Uh, and he come out with a statement that says, after I was pushed by Jeremy at UFC face-offs, I immediately felt my hand go numb and neck tighten up. Sean Shelby and the UFC official sent me to the PI to get work done by the UFC PT staff for two hours. I spent the night eating, rehydrating, stretching, and even saw the PT staff later that night. I woke up, um, he actually says I work early this morning with a migraine, headache, nausea, and the only thing that made me feel better was (laughs) laying And dyslexia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, Head, migraine, headache, nausea, and mate, that's you're concussed. Clearly, you're concussed, isn't it? Uh, UFC got me medicine and I rested for a couple of hours before getting up and vomiting. Again, mate, you're fucking concussed. Um, it was at the point we called the UFC doctor and he made the decision to send me to the hospital. I'm sorry to everyone who was excited for this fight. I tried to do everything I could to stay in the fight, but these issues are out of my control. Now, I only bring it up because, mate, it seems like every fucking card we do, there's some issue with the weight cuts. You know, we last week, the week before, we had that one fainting twice. Like it's, it's more and more of an issue. Now I don't know. Does either of you know the legalities on touching each other at weigh-ins? Now obviously it happens all the time. I don't think it's like a, no... a legal thing, but it just they they yeah. they're told not to do it. No, well, like when I say a legal thing, more of a contract thing. Is there like a is there anything that says nah. you 
physically no. can't. So it's literally just uh, whatever happens, yeah. Well, well, they should be. They, they should be really. If this is gonna like not even just this, but obviously it stops any any nonsense and shenanigans. And I mean, like I think yeah. I think your yeah, J check with, with Wei Lee. I think she was like all up in her face and that. Like I get it. It's trying to sell the fight and hype people up. But for me, it's kind of just dumb when you're tra both trying to cut weight. It's like fuck yeah. all that nonsense. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's yeah. mad. Well, the dehydration. They, they, they're they're going to be fucked, yeah. aren't they? And then you do yeah. that. I, I said it. Um, Dana White, there's a reason why he does most of the, the face-offs. It's, I, I see a, a thing again, the the uh, thing with Ariel Hawani that I listened to and uh, Daniel Cormier the other day, they were saying about it. It was like, do you feel like when Dana White's not, he asked Daniel Cormier, he's like, if Dana White's not there, do you not feel like you could, that fighters can get away with more? And he was like, yeah. No, I don't. He went, no, I don't think that. But he goes, I could probably see that because the boss is not there. It's that thing, like the boss is not there. Let's see what we can get away with, <laughs> and yeah. such. Like yeah. it, it is that. But in regard, look, I haven't got a problem about two guys getting in each other's face. I haven't got a problem about that because it is each to their own in regards to fighters. Because I had it with like. My, I've had it with my opponents where I've had to stare up, face off of them. I've never once sort of sat there and got in their face because that's not say, me. Have you felt the need to push them? Like, like, like... No, 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 no. To be honest... Did you mentioned, didn't you I... mention on one of the podcasts there was one geezer that got up in your boat? Stared you out. Four or five. <laughs> yeah, I think it was actually, yeah. That was... Um, I, funny enough, I actually got that fight the other day and I, I got to watch it back after the first time in, I think it was about three three years or saying since I've watched the fight. It's probably my best performance fight. A long shot. But the guy, what it was is we was uh I got my hands wrapped all ready to go, having the fight and meetings and all that and and all that. You have like the rules meeting just beforehand before the, the event started. And he just won't stop staring at me. Just literally would not stop staring at me. And I've got this thing that I can stay calm. Like I'll sit here and I'll be quite chilled out and I'll be relaxed. I got to a point with it and I was like, you're taking the piss now. Like and I ended up turning around to him to say, look, what's your problem? Like, we're going to fight. We're literally like, going to fight in a minute. Yeah, like, we're going to fight. I, get it. I said to him, like, we're fighting in like about an hour and a half. Or when my hands are wrapped, your hands are wrapped. We're going to fight. Like, we've weighed in, medical's all done. We're ready to go. Like, why you got to stare? And he's just looking at me, like, just staring at me. And I actually said to him, I said, do you, want, do you want to kiss me or something? And everybody roared up laughing. That pissed him off, obviously. We even made him more. worse. <laughs> yeah. But... I sat there and I, got, I did get to the point where I right got the ump. And in the end, I had to turn around to him and say, I'm actually going to beat you worse now than you was originally going to get beat. And it did. It sort of played on my mind a little bit. And people might go, oh, you're letting the cycle... Was that him playing fight. mind games with you then, Well, That might that, have been him yeah. playing mind it games. Fucking it fucking worked though, did it? It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work whatsoever. It didn't because I actually, during the fight, stupid, like in the fight, I actually thought about it. I said, every time I was throwing a shot... I've thrown it with even more venom than I usually do. And yeah. I was like, no, I'm going to hurt you now. Like, you're going to get hurt because... What you need to do, I... Mark, is you need to get that video and you need to just pause it on the first shot and just be like, it was at that point he knew. He, he fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen that one of the geezer stare? It's a famous one. And the geezer ended up fighting in, in the UFC. Gwyn, I think his name was. I can't remember his first name, but um, he was fighting in Australia, one of the Australian MMA organisations. And no. the, the geezer yeah, with all the talking. tattoos is up in his yeah. face like... Like, giving it the Charlie Big Potatoes and he walks out in the cave and just seen absolutely weighs him fuck, Knocks the yeah. piss out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he did fight in the UFC, that guy. Uh, something Gwyn, I can't remember his surname. He's an Aussie yeah. Vietnamese fella. But yeah, but yeah, he was a champ. He ended up beating him for his belt because he was just an absolute turnip. Like, are you sitting yeah. there staring at someone? Like, it's weird. Mike, what was he like afterwards, just out of interest? 
No, he didn't he didn't come up to me. He was the only opponent I've ever had that would not come up and speak to me afterwards. Oh, Everybody you really upset him. <laughs> oh yeah, I must have really but the thing is he's like I, I sit here and look at it that because I've had this conversation with my boss before, he's always asked me, he's like, How do you just get ready for a fight? How do you know that you've got like 10, 12 weeks? And I'm like, because I know it's a sport, it's like People go out and play football, for example, or people go and feed. I said, it's just a more of a drawn-out process for me. So over those weeks, I, I might I might say, like, I used to say certain things, like, I'm going to fuck this geezer up for making me not eat what I want to eat and drink and, and have a beer and go and have a smoke with me mates or whatever I'm doing at that point, whatever I want to do, whatever I can't do at that point, it does annoy me. It does annoy me. It does annoy me, the fact that I can't have the shit that I want to have. But then a little bit of me goes, well, you decided to do it. So I can't really have too much of the ump with anybody else because that guy is there to do the exactly same job as me. He's there to beat me up. I'm there to beat him up. I'm there to win. He's there to win. We're both just there to do a job. So for me, I always like to keep it quite respectful in regards to that because at the end of the day, they're just like me. They're just like us lot. They're just people like us. It's just It just so happens to be we've been matched up. We're going to have a fight. and One's going to come out a winner and one's going to come out a loser. I said it in my last two fights. I lost both my last two fights. It still pains me to this day. There's a bit of me. There's always that little bit of me that fucking dies inside from me. But the better guys won. It is what it is. There's nothing I can do to change that. Am I going to sit there with the ump all the time? No. Am I going to sit there and think, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that? Yes, I'm always going to think that. But I don't ever get... I've never got to that point where I feel like after the fight or before the fight that I actually want to put hands on somebody. I don't. Even that guy sitting there staring at me, I didn't want to put hands on him because I thought, in an hour and a half, I'm going to get to punch him in the face. Like, I'm fully going to get to hit this guy as hard as I like. Yeah. And th- and that's the whole point. That's why you do it. So in it's regards the, to like... The sacrifice even, for the weight cutting, yeah. then, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I think with Jeremy Stevens, in regards to that, he's quite a hothead. I think that it, depending on the fighter, so like Conor McGregor, for example, Dana White's very, very keen to keep his, if you notice, he keeps a massive amount of distance between yeah. McGregor and his opponent because he yeah. knows McGregor's quite unpredictable. Conor McGregor's technically never, ever thrown a punch or a kick and landed. The only time he actually hit somebody was when he hit Khabib's hand down. And he when slapped, they did split, he slap Nate or was that a presser? Was that a press conference or was that a way? That was a press oh, conference. I think exactly he the same. Hand, he? Yeah. yeah, he just he, he hit his hand out of the way or whatever he done, right? Which again, it's there to sell the fight. I can understand that. But you've never seen him once like push somebody. Like if you slap someone's hand away, that's completely different. Jeremy Stevens, in my opinion, with that, should have had some form of like penalty, like a fine, because at the end of the day, you you did enough push the geezer. He's saying, oh, he said this, that, and the other. Look, Push the get him. fuck out of him, man. Yeah, but as I said, like, you you know that if he said something 24 hours or whatever, over 24 hours later, you, you make him pay. That yeah. You make that geezer pay in the in the cage. And Jeremy Stevens has got enough experience in the UFC to absolutely, not act like a Absolutely, should fucking know better. What, absolutely, yeah. Well, at the same time, though, at the same time, though, if your weight cut is that bad that someone pushing you is going to potentially give you brain damage... 
you know, we, again, we've got to look at the issue around weight cutting. It's a long yeah. conversation that we probably haven't got time for tonight. But, <laughs> you know, like we've spent so much time talking about Tottenham being cunts. Um, yeah, that's it. Tottenham are officially the only team in the top six now. Greatest team in, in, in the country. And they, they led us all into disrepute. That's the, that's the story I'm going with from now on. But um, but no, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, if your weight cut's that bad that you're falling off the scale or someone pushing you is, is causing that sort of damage to your internal. Because obviously when you're dehydrated, a big part of it is, you know, your brain's dehydrated. There's not enough fluid in there and stuff like that. And that's yeah. what they say is a big reason for the, the, the weight cutting be so dangerous. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you're if you're in that position, you know, you're, you're probably going to have to take a look at yourself and say, all right, why is my cut this bad? Is it a nutrition thing? Or am I simply too big for this weight yeah, class? Yeah, just taking the piss, yeah. Um, but also, yeah, Jeremy Stevens shouldn't have done it plain and simple. I think it was a bit of a freak thing as well because you can push someone 150,000 times and yeah. you, won't, you won't give them whiplash. It's, I, it might have just been a bit of a freak thing as well. Do you know what I mean? Because he actually did get then, a flash. To be fair, as you said, that that push, I didn't think at first it was that bad until I looked back at it a couple of times and I just went, mm. that's yeah. a little bit me when, mm, yeah. Was that meant Probably. to be the 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 semi, the, uh, the co-main? Yeah, it was the co-main, yeah. yeah. Co-main. And the, and the shame of it is, is, both of them now have lost out on money. Yeah. Both of them are both like you. You prepared for all them weeks, and again, Jeremy Stevens will look at himself now and he'll kick himself because he'll sit there and think, "Fuck me, I did all that work, and one stupid mistake of pushing the geezer has just cost me." And with an I opponent like Jeremy... that, and with an opponent like that, you could be looking at fight of the night bonus and all that kind of thing. As it well. was going to be a wicked fight. With it, was so, it was such a yeah. shame, such a shame setup, man. So what, what ended up being the co-main was it the, the Chase Sherman um, and Arlovsky fight in the end? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't well, believe Olovsky still winning fights, bro. <laughs> I love Olovsky. Like he, he, he's just like the best person ever. Like he's still fighting to this day. But you lot can talk about the fights because, for a change, I still haven't watched them. I I didn't watch any of them. I saw I saw the end, very end of because I basically I woke up in the morning um, and the missus went to work and I literally just flicked on BT Sport and um, and I just saw the. Uh, I just saw the um, the very end of the Arlovsky Sherman like the result, yeah. And then I saw um, and then I saw Whitaker Gastelum, which I thought was a fucking great fight. It was a fight that we should have seen a couple of years ago. Fair enough. Yes. We ended up we ended up getting Gastelum Adesanya that night, so we didn't exactly lose out because that's one of the best fighters of all time. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so happy we got to see the fight and on and on. Rob goes, man. Like Rob is just a fucking animal, isn't he? Like, Do you think now, right? Do you think that he should? Do you think he's got a, a title shot now, or do you think you know what I'm going to say? Do you think he should fight Vittori and then then and then whoever wins that then goes on for the title shot? What do you reckon? Given how dominant that performance, because Gastelum is like he dominated the shit out of him, man. Yeah, yeah he, he just he just bettered that his it was it was weird. It was like the timing was so much better. Oh, like whatever he yeah. was, it wasn't so much counter counter punching, but it was like. Every time Gastelum came in, yeah. bang, there was a shot there. You know, it was just yeah. like he couldn't get in, he couldn't get close enough. Yeah, like, and yeah, yeah. Gastelum's a great fighter. Let's not like get it twisted. I know he's had some losses, but he really is a great fighter. But every time he came anywhere near Robert Whitaker, anytime he got even close to him, it, as I say, it wasn't counter striking because he wasn't waiting for Gastelum to throw. He was waiting for Gastelum to just kind of even lean in and the strike was there. It was yeah. masterful to watch from Whitaker, but I don't know what happens next because obviously, like Vittori and Whitaker have obviously both fought Adesanya. Now, Vittori had a really boring fight. It was actually a lot closer than a Whitaker fight, but it was quite a bit earlier in, in Izzy's career. Um, 
I don't really want to see it again because it was that boring and because Vittori is that boring and he's a bit of a prick. Um, <laughs> I, I love Robert Whittaker, but I'm not quite sure I'm ready to see Whittaker Adesanya just yet. And also you've got to look at what is he going to do? Does he want to take a bit more time out to redrop the weight? How much did he really put on before the black? There's a lot of variables there. Like, Did he, did he pack on a lot of muscle or did he just not? do a weight cut you know like this i i think it's probably the latter but you know if if izzy wants a little bit more time out to see where the land lies who would blame him he's obviously just gone in there and gone to war with a you know a, a geezer that probably weighed about 230 pound on mate the- i think whoever fights izzy next is gonna feel the fucking wrath i think so as well but i mean izzy said himself he's not that interested in the whitaker fight straight away he, he he really wants to fight darren till if darren till had beat vittori like, like, you know, like the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the script yeah, was supposed to yeah, be yeah. at the weekend. It was supposed to be Darren Till coming out and getting a big fight in midweight. That's what the weekend was supposed to be. They moved the card to European time on ABC to, to benefit European fans so that Italian fans and UK fans could watch it. And that was supposed to be, you know, a defining fight. And to be fair, if Vittoria beat Till, yeah, he absolutely should have got a title fight because Till was up there. He has beat Gaslam and he had a very close, brilliant fight of Whitaker as well. Um, you know, but for me, Till was supposed to beat Vittori and Till was supposed to be Izzy's next shot. That's who he wanted. That's He wants to fight Till. You know, if, if Izzy didn't have the championship, he'd fight Till next week. Do you know what I mean? That's the reality of it. But because he's got the title, we're at a sort of, we're at a sort of catch where he's already beaten his, his closest contenders, including Vittori. And, you know, it's just like... Mm. So, yeah, I think maybe the fight has to be Whitaker-Vittori. Maybe that has to be sort of like a placeholder in the in-between time, unless... Mm. Unless, of course, um, Uriah Hall comes out this weekend and does something spectacular, in which case there might be an argument there that you could sort of slip him in against Izzy. It's been done before where, you know, someone who's outside the the top five has has come in and got a title shot off of a great performance. So, you know, maybe that's something that needs to happen if if Uriah Hall could come out. I know that's kind of a dream fight for a few people, so we could see with that. But, yeah, middleweight's a bit weird at the minute. It's a little bit weird. But Robert Whitaker definitely deserves the title shot. But whether he'll get it or not, who knows? Martin, I just asked Jay, um, do you think based on the performance uh, of, of, of this weekend, do you think Whitaker should get a title shot straight away? Or do you think Whitaker Vittori uh, and the winner of that then goes on to to get the title shot? So, yeah, I think I think Whitaker does deserve it. Purely for the fact to see the people he's beat. If you look at it, he's beaten Gasolum. He's beaten... Um, beat Till. Uh, Till and oh, I could just remember his name. His name. Oh, um, Jared Cannonier. That's it. Yeah. And them three were really like Cannonier was somebody in um, Adesanya was interested in fighting. Till was somebody he's interested in fighting, and he Gaslam give his hard him his hardest fight. Who who else is there? Really at middleweight, I know you said Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall's nowhere near it. No, of course um, not. Of course not. Um, neither is Chris Weidman, even though I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Weidman because I see some photos of him. He looks in ridiculous shape, like ridiculous shape for this fight against Uriah Hall. But um, yeah, other than that, I don't. Vittori doesn't interest me in the slightest. No. I, I think he's boring, as you said, I think he's just a. <laughs> Boring, boring person. Like I just don't like him. I think if he if he had fought Till, Till would have destroyed him like badly. I think we would have seen an absolute demolition job, but we didn't, unfortunately. And Till's going to be out for the rest of the year easily with that collarbone injury. He's going to be out for a while. So 
I think it's got to be at uh, Whitaker because I think Whitaker's actually made so much more improvements. He looks a lot. As I said, I did get to watch the whole fight, but I've seen the highlights. I managed to pick them up. He just looks so much more polished now. Yeah. He looks, he just looks like he's got that, that groove back. Like he was talking, obviously, a lot about he was burnt out in the lead up to the Anasanya fight. He said, I don't make excuses for it. He said, he'd obviously fought those. 10 rounds with Yoro Romero, which most people don't want to do that. Like, and had yeah, do you remember I said I'd do a couple of rounds with Ben? Like, yeah, I, you fuck, I wouldn't even be in the same planet as, as Romero. He scares me yeah. from Cuba. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I agree, man. When I watched him, as I say, I woke up early Sunday morning and I watched it on, on the BT app, and um. Yeah, just everything about Whitaker's movement is striking. It was like watching him at his absolute best. And I think he spoke quite candidly about, you know, having some even some mental troubles and that before yeah. before the Adesanya fight. And it's one thing I really, really love about Whitaker is he just doesn't mince his words at all. He says everything, complete openness and honesty, and there's no bullshit with him at all. And when he came out and actually spoke about, yeah, you know, been going through like some depression and shit, man. Like times have been fucking hard for me. Don't know why. Like riding <laughs> high as the champion and all of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But still, like it happens to everyone, you know. So yeah, credit that- credit where it's due. And yeah, I, I think I, I think a rematch of Izzy might look different. You know, you never know. Um, but yeah, just it, it just depends what Izzy wants to do. If he he's, if he's happy to sit back and count his money for a bit longer, then maybe we have to see we have to see Whitaker versus El Borino. So. Um. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Anderson is going to sit out for as long as everybody thinks. I think that that fight if they're going to do it. They're going to probably line it up for the summer, summertime, late summer, because at the minute the sort of June July cards are starting to fill up. I think that could be like an August September time fight yeah. because yeah. they're going to need him to. I think Anderson is going to want to fight after the uh, the Blahovich fight. Especially with fans being back, back as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and if they yeah. can get that done in Australia or New Zealand, then that's definitely because they said that's that's a fight that could happen over there quite easily. Not no issue. But yeah, it is it, it's interesting. It is it's, as you said, it's not too many options at middleweight at, at the minute. Um I think we should put in, uh, if, if we're gonna make that if we're fantasy booking and we're making that fight, I think we have to book Vittori versus Costa as well. Ah uh, yeah yeah yeah. I want to see I want to see Costa beat the absolute living shit out of Atori. Well, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of Costa either. Just like it's like, it's like pick your poison. Who do you actually really want to win? And don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very Should we move on to this weekend, baby? Yeah. Yes. Man. Let's get on there. UFC two six one. I've got to be honest, right? Although I love. This, you know, uh, Usman versus Masvidal too. I love the build-up. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I haven't watched the embedded yet. I'm gonna watch a couple of them in, like all at once. Yeah, you know, I get sucked. I do the same. I, I never, guess... I never watch them at a time, and then I watch like <laughs> five of them on Friday night, you know I mean? or I watch I get... them. I watch them on Saturday when I've had my Saturday afternoon nap. Yeah, I, yeah. I get up and then I watch all the embeddeds before, and then I'll add the countdown and everything else before the fucking prelim start. <laughs> I get sucked into it because, like, like, like I've said to Martin, I don't stay up for the fight nights. I will normally stay up for the big ones. I'm the same. And um, we've got a similar sleeping pattern as well. Like we will normally like start watching the early prelims. I'll fall asleep in at around one o'clock, fall asleep, you know, till about three and then wake up and then watch the rest of it. But 
I've got to be totally honest before we even get into it, right? I am, I don't know about you two, but I am actually more excited about the women fights. I'm actually yeah. more excited genuinely about Zhang Wei Li uh, versus Thug Rose oh. uh, and Shevchenko versus Andrade. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely more excited about them fights than, than the main sure, event. Only sure, because sure. we all know how the last one went. It wasn't the great to watch you know, to watch. Um, yeah. And I can't see it being much different if I'm totally honest. Like, I, I, you know, um, was, should we start at the, uh, should we start at the bottom of the main card? Let's start at the, yeah, 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 start at the bottom one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm looking at it here and I'm looking, on the undercard, obviously Alex Oliveira versus Randy Brown's looking like a good fight and there's a couple of others there. Alex Oliveira is always good for comedy value at least as, you know, yeah. he's a bit, he's a bit yeah. wild and that, but, but obviously main card, Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crute. Um, Jimmy Crew, right, mate, to open the card, that's a fucking fight. Yeah. That's a fight. <laughs> My only thing with it, with that fight is, is that if you look at their records, so you got Jimmy Crew twelve and one. Yeah, Anthony Smith. You think about it, like shit, man. Thirty four and 34 sixteen. sixteen. That guy's been around for a while. I remember watching him back in the strike, like strike falls days. He's still, he's still younger than he's still younger than I think all three of us. So. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I, I, that's a hard one for Jimmy Crew. I think he will do it. I think he will win it. But I think it's a very, very, very difficult fight. A very, very good, difficult fight. Jimmy Crew though has got he smashed got, the fuck out of what was his last name? Was it Bukasakus or something like that? Busaksas or something? Is it? What's mm. the last guy he beat? One punch, man. Yeah, yeah he's. The thing is, he where's he from? He's from Australia, isn't he? I'm Something, sure he's yeah. from Australia. Yeah, yeah, he's from Australia. The guy's got, I think he's from from what I, what the fights that I've seen from him, he's very, very patient. He's very patient. Like I'm actually quite surprised. Like, and also, if you look at his his actual record, like he's got a very, very vast record in terms of he's got decisions, he's got triangles, he's got, um, sorry, sorry, he's got submissions, he's got knockouts, he's got he's he's got decision wins as well. Like he's got a lot of different looks about him. So he can probably win the fight in quite a few different ways with Anthony Smith. He's got very, very underrated jujitsu. So he, he's got, he's got the ability to defend the submissions. I would say probably his best though is when he gets on top and he lands ground and pound. So that that's my opinion is he wins. I think Jimmy Cruz probably got more ways to win than, um, than what uh, I think, yeah, I think Jimmy Crew's got more ways to win than uh, Anthony Smith has, but I think Anthony Smith can be more dangerous at certain points. So it's going to be a going to be an interesting fight. Who wins it? <sighs> I'm saying Crew. I'm I can't really call that one. I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to be a bit. Uh, I'm going to be a bit. Sit on the fence. I'm going to sit on the fence with that one. That's a Jay. hard fight to pick. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of similar to Martin. I, I looked at records and on the face of things, if you look at your face value, you look at a young guy in his mid twenties, um, you know, he's 12 and one, he, he's, he's, he's got, he's win, he wins in all kinds of different ways. And he's coming up a geezer with a record of, with, you know, 16 losses on it. It, it seems an obvious answer, but when I looked yeah. at it and you look at the people, Anthony Smith's fault. Oh yeah, of course. You look, most of his losses were middleweight. And he, he tends to do this thing where there was one point where he lost like four in a row, but then he won like eight in a row. But then there's another point where he loses another couple and then he goes on another tear. He seems to do that. And he's had a couple of losses in his last few fights. He obviously won his last one, but then you just, 
you could just see him now going on another little run. And I just think that experience plus, again, he's he does similar to crew. He does have a lot of ways to win. Um, and I could tell why Martin's completely on the fence. I actually will pick Anthony Smith based on experience. I just think that... I think that when it comes to that to, to that third round, you know, I think there'll be a little bit extra there, and and I think Anthony Smith will have enough to get him over the line, probably by a decision. But um, but yeah, that's not to say that Crook couldn't. It's, it is a real that is a real evens one that really is. Yeah. But you know, the experience I think is what will win Anthony Smith that fight. Um, but yeah, but still, even if it happens, Jimmy Crook's got a massive future. I'm just thinking Anthony Smith's been in there with the likes of Santos, Tejera. John Jones, Rakic, do you know what I mean? Like he's he's been in there with a who's who and, and Jimmy Crook hasn't quite had that yet. And this is a big stage as well. You've got to remember that like Jimmy Crook's a great fighter, but this is this is a level up for him. Really and truthfully, it is a level up. So I'm going Anthony Smith decision. Sweet. All right, on to the next one. A fucking big one as well. Wideman, Uriah Hall. <laughs> right, so... I'm going to go Weidman with this one. Uriah holds on a free, win, free fight win streak. The thing is with Weidman is he's he's looked a bit in his last few fights, he's looked like he hasn't bothered, if that makes sense. Like, he's sat there in fights and he's done okay. He, he's got through the fights and he's won them and, and stuff like that. But if you see him at the minute, he looks, he just looks different. Like, he looks like he's actually in shape for the first time in in years. Like, I found that once he got the belt and he beat Anderson Silva, he sort of thought, well, that's it, I beat Anderson Silva. It's that thing we go back to about the champions maybe getting a bit of um, bit of fatigue. And, like, I personally believe going up to... Um, Going up to uh, what did he go up to two oh five, didn't he? Yeah, because yeah. he he fought um, Jacare, Jacare, and oh, he yeah. fought that was a middleweight, and then he decided to fight um, Dominic, Dominic Reyes. Reyes, which was bloody stupid. Like the size difference between them two is just unreal. So I, I think that I think we could potentially see a slightly different. Chris Weidman I'm not saying a different one but I think if he goes back to that he knows that this fight is not going to be won on the feet he knows this is going to be won via wrestling and he's got superior wrestling I love Uriah Hall probably one of the guys that I wish would have got to a stage where he could have fought for like he could have fought the likes of Anderson Silva in the earlier years rather than the later years and and has done a lot but I just think I think the the ability to his his wrestling his jujitsu, I think Chris Weidman does it by uh, I think I'm going to go with submission as well. I think I'm going to go for a stoppage. So, would you reckon stoppage? Yeah, I can see Weidman getting it done on the mat. But you know, I mean, in an ideal world, Uriah Hall will pull out a spectacular as he has done occasionally in the past that would have something to, to be wowed at and replay on Instagram for the next three weeks and all be in, all be in awe of the fucking computer game character that is Uriah Hall. But yeah, I just, I can see Weidman grinding him out and just getting him up against the cage and probably a couple of, you know, couple of double legs and, and that's all she wrote, even if he just holds him down and just, try, you know, gets a little bit of working on top and stuff and just grinds out a decision. Um, yeah, Wyvern's very underrated jiu-jitsu, to be fair. A lot of people 
don't tend to don't tend to to put that much stock into his jiu-jitsu but you've got to bear in mind who he's trained under the camp he's come from you know the jiu-jitsu coaches he's either working with like sarah or you know he spent a lot of time at henzo gracie's place and stuff like that he's high level jiu-jitsu man so yeah you can easily see him getting a submission but yeah again i think it will be a little bit of a boring decision for chris weidman but that's who i'm going for but i'm hoping not because i don't like weidman i'm a massive weidman fan but i'm hoping for some fantastic stuff from from Hall, just because yeah. we we all love to see it. We're we're all we're all <laughs> Tekken do, yeah. we're all Tekken and Street Fighter fans at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on to uh, fucking very exciting fight. Very, mm. very, very. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Andrade um, and Valentina Shevchenko. Um, In the words of Macho Man Randy Savage, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. This is going to be a fucking hell of a fight. Oh, I literally cannot wait for it. Um, and interesting too. Interesting to see what Andrade can do. And I think she's going to be the only one that's fought at all three weight classes, right? Is that right, is it? Because yeah. she, she used to fight at 135. Then she was obviously, yeah. you know, 115 champ. And now she's at 125. Yeah. Oh, of course she has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I, see, with this, I think Shevchenko. I've just... She's looked so good, and yeah. she again. We talk about ways to win. That girl, that 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 woman has got so many different ways to win. It's unreal. With Andrade, she's got to close the distance, which Valentina's got ridiculous footwork. I think if Andrade is going to finish her, it's going to be she's going to hit her one of the vicious body shots that she throws. Yeah, with leading up with ground and pound or potential submission. Because she's got very, she's got good guillotines, but I just think Valentina's just got that ability to. If you've seen her in the last few fights, people go, "Oh, well, she doesn't do much." No, 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 no. She just obliterates people in a different way. Like the way that she controls these these women that she's fighting. There, there's nobody. There's no other woman that's doing that. She, Martin, do you think? Went, do you not think though? This is with Andrade, especially. This is a little bit of a step up in competition. I'm just looking at her record and obviously she beat Joanna, but she'd already fought Joanna in another sport and she kind of knew her and Joanna was the smaller fighter and blah, blah, blah. You look, looking at the rest of it, Jessica, I, yeah, okay. She's all right. Liz Carmouche, she's been around. She's okay. Chukagan's okay. Jennifer Meyer. Mm, like I think Andrade is a level above them girls. So I do think Shevchenko is going to have her hands full a little bit more than she has with the rest of these 125ers. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, that, I, that I would 100% agree with you, Rod. But I'm saying from a from a technical aspect, yeah, I still think she's going to kick her fucking head. Watch her. Right. She's just she's got that ability to obviously. If you watch her just move like the way she moves, even the way she controls people in the grappling, because she's, she's got, got that, that she's that got ability. that Loma that Lomachenko footwork in it. Just the yeah, ability then, to move across the cage in and out without no problem at all. She she moves effortlessly, and then yeah. it's not even just that. It's when she gets in them clinch positions. She gets yeah. into these clinch positions to take these girls down. And she absolutely destroys him with submission, like a submission attempts or passing or or looking for ground and pad. She's vicious, and she gets that crucifix that she can get. She's you ain't getting out of that. And her takedown defense is excellent as well. And against someone like Andrade, yeah. that's going to be such a benefit. Yeah. yeah, and I think as the fight goes on, again five round fight, Jessica Andrade gets tired and she slows down. Against Valentina, that girl can go all day long. Yeah, yeah. If you slow down against her. 
that's it. If I f- I think it will be a late. I'm I'm going for a lot of stoppages actually for a change. I don't <laughs> usually go for too many stoppages. But I think it'll be a very late. No, I think it'll be like a TKA TKO in either the fourth or the fifth round. Yeah, oh, for Shevchenko, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agreement in that. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, all three of us, Shevchenko, Shevchenko, then yeah, yeah. I think like late, but the thing is, um, I, I agree. Late finish, fourth or fifth, was exactly what was on my mind. Um, whether it's a TKO or whether she hits her with a good shot and ends up on the mat and ends up taking her out, like you know, in a guillotine Ooh. or you know, a triangle or something, you know. But um, what what does she do after this? Like, where did the next challenges come? Because one twenty fives. I know this one already. I know the answer to this one. And, you know, <laughs> is it JoJo? Is that who's next? No, 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 no. She fights Amanda Nunes. Oh, I mean, in an ideal world, yeah. Yeah, that's what. That's the only fight I'm interested. In. Literally, yeah. the only fight I'm interested. In. It's the only one that makes for, sense for her and for her and Amanda Nunes. Like yeah. we spoke about it on a previous co- podcast, where I went a little bit off the Richter scale on it. But <laughs> yeah, oh, I, had, I enjoyed Jessica it, mate. No <laughs> um, don't. I'd like. I just can't wait to see her knock that girl out badly because I really don't like. I her. used to. Were you like? I used to really like Juliana Pena. I used to really no, enjoy her. No, I, I did. I used to really like her, and then it's just like the last don't couple say it, of years. Don't since she came back, she thinks I didn't like her before that. I she is like the Tottenham of her. MMA. She is the Tottenham <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the UFC. Like <laughs> she hadn't even, even the Tottenham of MMA. She's just. Oh, I she's deserve just a title shot. What have you ever <laughs> fucking won? <laughs> you won one fight. One fight, and, and you now you're in the European Super League. But yeah, it's just oh mate, don't no, like, like, even when I see that fight and that got announced, I was a little bit like, yeah, she's gonna get knocked out badly. And another bit of me, like, I actually don't want to see her fight. There's no to me, there's no interest in that fight whatsoever. Even, even the fact that there's a one percent chance that she could win if she does, it's gonna be the worst day ever. <laughs> it's gonna be like that's it, not doing it anymore. No, no more UFC. I'm done. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's a weird fight in and of itself, but it it, it goes to show that. The, the, in, in one, at 135 Amanda's beaten absolutely everyone so they've got to get someone who's won one fight in five years to fight her it's a fucking joke really yeah. so Shevchenko yeah Shevchenko Nunes is is the is the obvious choice um, for Shevchenko's future but you know maybe she just wants to I mean Wei Li obviously we'll get on to her next but Wei Li against Shevchenko I think would be a, would be a tasty encounter and I think oh. it'd, it'd be it'd be a fucking great fight to watch as well yeah but that would that would hinge on the result of the next fight that I'm sure we're going to talk about as well. Thug Rose. It's got to be Thug Rose. Oh, I really <laughs> Oh, shit. I really, really... Hang on, you said you hope she wins. Do you think she'll win? I thought she can do it because she's got that kryptonite in her corner for uh, for Wei Lee. That's Trevor Whitman. If yeah. anybody's going to come up with a game plan mm. to beat that girl, it's going to be Trevor Whitman. So I've got, like, I, I people go to me, oh, you really like Trevor Whitman? I'm like, yeah, because the guy is an intelligent geezer. Look, didn't quite come up with a game plan against for Justin Gaethje against Khabib. Yeah, but who does? But it's Khabib. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a yeah, completely yeah. different a different kettle of fish with that. But you see what he does with fighters in terms of their striking. Whaley is really a striker. Look what he's, he's done for Usman. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That jab burns well, fucking hell, man. Yeah, but I, again, I, I won't get onto that. But on, on to oh, the next okay. fight, but I, I, I think, I think with with uh, Rose, I think if she if she plays that, she's got a with Wei Lee. You see it in the um, 
you see it in a Yuan Joshi fight. Oh. She was very, she froze with big power. But if you see in them rounds, she got tired. Yeah. She did get tired. If you get tired with Nama Yunus, one, she's going to hit you with something and potentially drop you. And then she's going to take your back and she's going to choke you unconscious. Yeah. That is what I see happening. I think it will be sort of like third round once she's really gone at Rose. And I'm saying she's going to clip Rose. She's potentially going to hurt her a lot. But Rose has only been finished by, if I'm correct, one person. And, and Andrade, I think that was Andrade, Andrade it? when she got picked up. And she Smashed on her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll double check it. But that's what I'm I'm sure that was, uh, that was the case. Is- is, is a black belt as well, right? Third, I think she's second or third degree black belt, isn't she? Uh, she, sorry, um, Rose lost as well to Carla Esparza, but it was very early on. It was a submission rear naked choke. I think that was for the initial title, was, wasn't it? Was actually for title. the title, yeah, yeah. But again, she was in a um, a sort of. She was like barely, barely out of fucking teenage years then, was she? Yeah. Well, to be <laughs> honest, she was only what was she? She was two she was and up. She was two, two and up at that yeah. point. Yeah. Two and up. So or two, sorry. Two, two, two uh, and one, two and one, two yeah. and one. Which you're going into a fight for a world championship, two and one. Like if you yeah. see where she's come from there, she's she's definitely, definitely got the the ability. And after having that championship and having all that stress, and again, another person come out and talked about their mental health and mm. the way that she went about it. The the woman's got. I think she's got the ability to take that belt and and run with it. Really, I think at that at that one fifteen division at the minute, it's a very it's again it's another very open division. Yeah, great fighters at one fifteen. It, it would be a very very interesting, an interesting fight to see her to see her go in the future. Now, to be honest, you and your Jacek is probably not going to return. I don't think you see her return to fighting anytime soon. Um, but again. I could be mistaken. She She's might been out return, talking but... the last couple of days on, on, I think she was on Ariel show or maybe MMA fight. And she was saying that she wants the winner of this. And, you know, it's, it's an obvious fight, but at the same time, we've kind of seen her fight Whaley, although, you know, as probably the fight of the year last year. Um, I think it was, it, it was in the Hall of Fame, wasn't it? Yeah. It would have to, it's the best it women's fight ever. Best fight. Mate, she turned her into the elephant man. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. crazy, crazy fight. Um, it's one of the first times my missus has actually sat, I really cheered for someone because she's Asian as well. So obviously like for, for, for Wei Lee to be there, um, you know, representing, yeah. representing for the Far East man, Galdem. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's a, it's a big thing, but um, yeah, that was like the fight of the year last year. It's, it, and the best women's fight of all time in my and, opinion. And, and she trains down at, down at Gracie Baja. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Not Chesson, obviously. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like for me, that was such a great fight. Um, but Joanna, I think Joanna's come out and said that she wants the winner of that. But I'm just I'm just going to pull up. Let me see if I can pull up the rest of that division just to see, you know, I'll, I'll give my prediction for anyone who obviously, you know, one's got the benefit of visuals, but Martin's just gone to have a shit. So um, <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't really, he hasn't really. When he listens back to this, he's going to be like, you fucking you prick. Um, so it's straw weight, isn't it? I, I always go by like, I don't go by what the name of the weight is. I always go by the actual weight itself. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. For me, it's always like 115. <laughs> I'd rather um, do it by kilos. You know, I like, like, like when we when we train here, it's everything's in kilos. Yeah. I'm the yeah, pounds. Pounds, pounds is a fucking weird system, isn't it? Like, it's like Americans have like fucking um, 
Fahrenheit and all that still, didn't they? Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with that? So they're just like, oh, it's like 100 degrees outside and it's like 37 or something. It's like, what are you talking about, you cunts? Um, I'm just trying to pull it up here. Uh, yeah, so you've got that the other Chinese woman there, that Yan Zhuanan or whatever her name is. She's she's third. Um, Carla Esparza, who I can't ever see beating any of these two girls. Carla Esparza is kind of lucky to be where she is. Yeah, a couple of really tight decisions. Mackenzie Dern obviously got a big win the other week, and and she looks tidy. But as for the rest of them, there's no one there that really jumps out. So if Joanna wants the the winner of this, then I think she'll get it. To be honest with you, I can't see them not giving it to her because apart from that, I mean, I don't know if I know Yan Jianan is is Chinese. I don't know whether she's involved in any way with Wei Li. China's such a big country; they probably don't even know what each other are. But um, uh, you know, she's up there. She's definitely up there. Mackenzie Dern is, you know, riding so high that eventually you've got to look at her as being champion. Especially the fight she put on the other night, I thought was yeah. was fucking great. Um, but yeah, I mean, who wins it? Come on, come on, tell us. Tell us for me, stop I, I, I agree. I, I agree. No, I was I was waiting for Martin to come back, but I agree with with Martin in a sense that Rose has Rose. everything in in the tank to do it. Um, but oh, this it's not really so much a prediction as who I want to win. Um, I predict that Rose probably will for all the reasons that Martin outlined, but I'm fully back in Zhang Wei Li. I have to back the only Asian on the card. Um, <laughs> otherwise, my missus will probably hit me with... I was going to say thanks. I was going to say like a wok to be stereotypically Asian. She's, she's, not even Chi- she's not even Chinese. She's Filipino. So, um, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm team Zhang Wei Li. And I like her anyway. And I was a little bit... I get why she said it, but I was a little bit peeved at the shit that Rose come out with about communism and all that kind of stuff. And oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, dragging that side of things into the argument. Zhang Wei Li, yeah, she's from China. Yeah, we all know China's a dodgy as fuck country, but she she doesn't preach anything. She doesn't come out and talk about how great China is, even though we know it's not. She she knows she represents herself. She you know she you can't help where you come from either, man. Yeah, and she seems like such a really good, genuine person. And it's like I really loved it when she fought Rose. And Rose did that shit where she posted up a gas mask and stuff, obviously, because yeah, COVID yeah, was coming up. And, yeah. oh, because I'm fighting a Chinese person, I'm going to be like a fucking bellend about it. And then, like, yeah. obviously, Paul, we've had conversations on podcasts before about anti-Asian racism. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The worries that me and my missus have when we're out and about. And, you know, when we went to Budapest last year, just before the pandemic really took hold in Europe, the people looking at us dodgy on the train and standing clear of it and all that. Like, I'm very much like actively anti-racist especially when it comes to the asian community because i'm part of it you know like i have to it's something we have to deal with so when i see things like that from you know from the perspective of 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 joanna i was happy she lost um and then especially when she was at the press conference giving it all that and and jong way was just like shut up like that was like (laughs) fucking brilliant but that goes to show her character as well she's like no nonsense no bullshit no talking i'm gonna come out there and i'm gonna put on a performance that's gonna blow you away i'm gonna fuck shit up and i'm gonna leave so yeah, with that all being said, I do think Rose is probably more likely to get it done. I'm fully back in Zhang Wei Li, um, and I am a little bit d- disappointed that Rose kind of bought a sort of anti-Chinese sentiment into it. I get why she's anti-communist, you know, Lithuanian roots and whatever and issues there, but it is a different time now. And Zhang Wei Li doesn't really deserve to be tied up with that brush. Um, she's not Tottenham. She doesn't deserve that much abuse. So yeah, I'm going Zhang <laughs> Wei Li. I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Zhang Wei Li by by decision, yeah. uh, like you know, because I don't think I, I agree with Martin wholeheartedly. I don't think anyone can really stop Rose that much. Yeah. Um. And I don't think Zhang Wei Li's good enough on the ground to tap her out. Although she's got submissions. Um. You know, Rose is a menace on the ground, so I do think Zhang will try and keep it on the feet. Yeah. And we can maybe see a fair bit of clinch work, but 
again, that's an area Rosie struck. Rosie's good, so just across the board, really, isn't she? So I'm sitting on the fence. I can't call it. I right. can't. Which is great. It's which is great. I love the fact that we have that. Mate, mate uh, I'm, uh, I think we're going to talk more about these two, or, or you know, than than we will the main event. And well, because I, I, I think horrible. I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that that Shevchenko beats Andrade. I think we all agree there. Um, and I think the main event, we, we, we've seen it once and no one's really that excited about seeing it again. Or maybe we are, I don't know. I'll let you two speak about that. But, you know, but, 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 but you know, this, this co-main of Zhang Weili and Rose, I think it's that evenly balanced. It's great to have it on the card. Yeah. Mark Russell, go on. The uh, main event. I'm... Right. So I know a lot of, not a lot of people have been as excited about it as probably I am. The major reason why I'm probably so excited about it. I was going to say, you need to explain that. <laughs> right. So, so, look, obviously we talk about extreme weight cuts, right? We do talk about extreme weight cuts. And I know there's been a lot said about Masvidal getting ready for that fight. Oh, he was training, he was this, that and the other. There is something that I will say. It's something that happened, again, I'm not on the level of Masvidal. I'm not, I'm not saying that I am. I don't train as much as he does, stuff like that. I remember in the fight that I had, was, which technically was my biggest fight, I was fighting on uh, Brad Pickett's, one of Brad Pickett's shows that he'd done, Fires of Champions. I was fighting a, a guy, come, like he was about, I think he was four and one and I was four and oh. And um, I think it was two weeks or three weeks from the fight. It might be two weeks from the fight or three weeks, whatever it was, four weeks, could have been whatever it was. Get a phone call. He broke his finger. Broke his finger. I was like, what? What do you mean he broke his finger? I was like, oh, he broke his finger, he can't fight. Instantly, my brain switched off. I'll be honest. Because I didn't have an opponent. Like My, my brain just went, not interested. Like, it just it fucking pissed me off. Like, I've been proper training, looking, like game planning for this fight and everything like that. When you've got that in your head, so Masvidal, for example, he might have been training thinking he might fight, but you're never quite in that mindset of, I'm fighting. He took the night fight on how many days' notice? Was it six, six days. days' notice? Six, six yeah. days. Plus, whatever the weight cut was, which we all know it was a bad weight cut. He's come out, and obviously, I know he did, I think he did like a photo in his robe with a pizza box because they stopped <laughs> off on Italy on the way. He said he didn't have any of the pizza, but he still had a large weight cut to do. They said, like, he's like, uh, I think it was like a couple of days ago, he's eight or nine pounds off of the weight limit now. To me, that shows that his preparation for this is already miles better. In that fight, yes, it wasn't the most exciting fight. It was a bit like a bit anticlimactic. But that's when we get the best fights. It's when you have one of them fights, it's a bit anticlimactic because nobody's expecting anything. That's my opinion. I think this fight will be a lot better than people expect. Not saying who's, uh, that Masvidal's going to win. I'm just saying I think the fight will play out a lot different. I think it will play out a lot different. Usman's obviously fought a little bit more regularly. It's shown Usman can be hurt by a big puncher as such. Masvidal is a big puncher. but He's not just a big puncher. The guy has got ridiculous striking. I've already said it. His body kicks are... Uh, in my opinion, one of his best tools. The way he throws that, he throws it in such a, I know it says it, but like a tie style. As he throws it, he's very like lean back. He does does everything perfect. His hands as well. He's got 
he's probably got, the, in my opinion, the most underrated boxing in the whole of the UFC and probably some of the best boxing in the UFC. The way that he just strings combinations together. The big key is going to be, can he stay off the fence? Can he stay off? Can, he, can Kamaru Usman put him against the fence? Can he do what he did before? Or, that's a, a big part of that is where the gas tank comes in as well. Because exactly. what, what happens when you're up against that fence? That's, that's important. But then what I would say is, if he's had a massive weight cut and he hasn't got that massive weight cut this time and he's actually in shape this time, then is he now prepared, ready, mm. got the gas tank that he needs? Masvidal doesn't need that many openings. And what people seem to forget is, is yeah, Usman landed shots and stuff like that, but he didn't land anything majorly, in my opinion, that was ridiculously damaging. He weren't like he had Masvidal hurt. Don't get me wrong, from what we see last time in the last fight, could he potentially stop Masvidal? There's definitely a potential for it, 100%. But would he do that? Would he pick that poison? Would he stand there with Usman? Uh, sorry, yeah, would he, sorry, would he stand there with Masvidal? too long I don't think so I think you see him try to mix it up Masvidal's got a great chin as well let's not forget like who's ever knocked out who can remember the last time Masvidal got knocked out I mean he got submitted he got submitted Darren Till dropped him dropped him yeah but he sparked out Darren Till and Till's a much bigger guy than Usman much bigger yeah. than Usman. Yeah. I know Usman's big even at welterweight but he yeah. tends to make it fairly easy Darren Till's like he walks around at 190 easy. You know what I mean? Like that was when he was at welterweight. So fucking hell, like you know Masvidal's got the power to put Usman away. And we saw Gilbert Burns drop him. And Gilbert Burns doesn't hit that hard. You know? And he's hittable. Usman's very, very hittable. Martin, you sold you've sold me now, mate. You fucking you fully tracked me back from <laughs> I'm good at this. I should be a promoter for the UFC. Next you just have Vincent here and talk about <laughs> I will sell it to anybody. No, you, I, I, you I, fully I, dragged me back from the depths of, eh, not that excited about <laughs> it. But no, now I'm like, look, you know I what? Be, Fuck it. It's going to happen. <laughs> look, I, look, I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. It could be the, exactly the same fight. I hope it ain't. Yeah. I just think that because this is now flying a little bit under the rated art, and I think both fighters as well were disappointed in their performances that night. Which that's why, that's why he's it, done it. That's why he's called for it. That's 100% yeah. Yeah. why he's called for it. I'm not, like, I'm, not there, I'm not also, sitting there going... Also, he knows that he's going to get that. He knows yeah. he's going to yeah. get a lot of money from it. This, yeah. is the, this is a massive... As we said, you've got the two feet, the, the two uh, title fights on the, on the women's side of things. You've got this title fight. You've got the undercard. First like fight back whole, with the fans. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's going to be one of them where they're going to really want to put on a show. And Dana White, I'm telling you now, if these fights end up going the way we think we are, they're not just going to be a couple of bonus flying about. There's going to be some serious, serious money flying about because Dana White's going to turn around and go, well, buddy, we've made this amount of money. We've got the fans back. He's going to be in a very generous mood, which means the fighters get more money. I think they're trying to perform. There's an X factor here with the, with the main event as well in that, I agree with what you're saying. Usman probably wasn't happy with, he definitely wasn't happy with his performance. George Jorge definitely wasn't happy with his performance. And I think the difference with the two of them is, is Usman knows that he can go out there and do more and do better. Uh, but he also is well aware that even though um, he's fighting a better Masvidal, I think, I think it's fair to say that 
if Usman finds that Masvidal slightly getting the better of him, there's a whole different rail line that that Usman that can go down. To. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, yeah. and that's just literally straight up wrestling. That's why and, I, and think I think that's that's go... that's the X factor. That's the difference. Yeah, of like yeah. he can go out there and he can trade with Usman. Uh, he can go out there and trade with Masvidal. But I think if he knows Masvidal's best in him, it's like right, boom, back to game plan. Take him out. Like, and I think Thanks for my bread and butter. Yeah, it's similar to what like Khabib. Khabib would go out there and strike with guys. And as soon as it seemed like, you know, it either, you know, maybe was a bit more even with the guy or whatever, you know, he could just go, all right, fuck this, I'll take your legs, see you later. Usman's the same. But the thing is, I think with Usman, it's slightly different. If you watch the actual first fight back, which I know a lot, not a lot of people do, but I have watched the first fight back, there wasn't that Masochist. many takedowns. No, there wasn't. There literally wasn't. It was a clinch. There's a, a lot, lot of clinch, clinch which yeah. everybody knows. Masvidal in the clinch, if he breaks, because... If you remember the Nate Diaz fight where he clinched up with him and he landed that big elbow and yeah, then afterwards yeah, yeah. landed the subsequent punches and then that kicked the, the head kick, to block yeah. Nate and call, calls that cut. Yeah. That's what also the elbow calls the cut and then the subsequent punches after it and everything obviously opened it up more. When you're talking about that unpredictability and what it is is his ability to change speed, Masvidal, because he's very much like boom, 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 bam, 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 bam. Like yeah. he, he goes, but he like he goes from like very very subtle to very very fast really quickly. Yeah, he did it with Till. Like when, he did it with Till. He was just literally just yeah. sliding in and out slowly, slowly, and then crack crack game over. Yeah, yeah. because he's what it is is he watches like um, Dan Hardy again. Right? We 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 speak about it. Oh, I spoke about it plenty of times on the podcast. Massive fan of Dan Hardy. A little yeah. bit. I'm a massive. Actually, really, I'd say I'm a fanboy. I'm a massive fanboy of Dan. Hardy. I'm. I'm really Even sad that he's not doing the inside the octagons anymore. It no, doesn't feel the same. You know what? Yeah. I'm not. You know why I'm not? Because he's he's putting so much more out there. If anybody is interested in anything fight based, you go to Dan Hardy at the minute and you just type him in on YouTube. He's doing so much more content now. Like I listen to, uh, he does this called uh, UFC Picks Podcast, or he's calling it, I don't know what he's called it now, because it was official UFC Picks Podcast until he got fired by the UFC. Mm. But now he's doing this thing where he picks the fights and they, him, he sits down and he talks about it. And he actually said, he went, I can now talk about other organisations. So he does the Bellators, <laughs> he does the boxing, he does everything now because he's got that free reign and the guy's going to make money because the guy is as I said to this day I put up a little post the other week about Dan Hardy on my Instagram and as I said the little fanboy in me was well happy because I got like a like a, a light from Dan Hardy and I actually spoke to him in a, in a couple of messages I messaged him and spoke to him about a couple of bit because I know he's big into the UK uh, MMA scene he's trying to help with the UK um, amateur scene a lot more and I was asking his opinion on a few bits and pieces so the guy's got a massive amount of breakdown so so getting back to the Usman uh, Masvidal fight and he said it he said it's uh, it's Us- uh, Masvidal's ability to change pace read the game because he said apparently in the Till fight and I've watched the Till fight again he throws like this left hook out there and he watches Till's reaction he seals Till's reaction. He goes back with his head up like that. Like he goes back with his head and his hands are sort of down, thinking he's going to try and go for the takedown. So when he does it the second time, he knows that what Till's going to do. And he's done exactly that. And that's what he caught him with that like left hook straight over and bang, knocks him clean out. 
And that's what I think. I think with, with Masvidal, Masvidal, with the intelligence that he's got, Masvidal, Usman has got... I don't think Usman's got the same intelligence. I think Usman's got a ridiculous amount of physical attributes, like athletically gifted. I'm not saying he hasn't got any intelligence because he's got a very intelligent corner. But I think the actual fight IQ in a fight, which tells a lot more, will probably go to Masvidal in that regard. So, Who wins? Come on. <laughs> I'm still undecided and I'm not going to sit on the fence with this one. I'm actually going to call it. <laughs> I'm going to say Masvidal by knockout. Oh. I'm going for a wild one. This is my okay. wild pick for the night. This is my wild pick for the night. I'm saying... I just... Go on. Usman. You're saying Usman? Yeah. I, I'll go... I want... Masvidal to win, and I want yeah. there to be—I want there to be a big trilogy, and I want both of them guys to to make bank from it because I like both guys. To be honest with you, I'm really massive fan of Usman. I think he's probably the best welterweight ever. Um, quite, put, quite, quite, quite honestly, and um, I love Masvidal. I love the the amount of time he spent in the game. I love the story. Um, I love the character he kind of portrays. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love his interviews. I love the fact that he's a bit of a prick. Um, I really enjoy Masvidal as a character. So I kind of hope he wins and they make bank by, you know, a trilogy. Um, but I can just see it being an Usman decision again. Um, yeah, it, it will be different. I think Masvidal will put on a better performance. Uh, and as I say, Usman's hittable. That, that for me is a big factor. Usman is very hittable. We saw it with Covington. Um, Jorge's striking isn't quite as accurate and it doesn't have quite as much volume as Covington, but he hits a lot fucking harder. Um, uh, a lot of Covington shots are just like peppery shots and Usman took them quite well I think if he leaves himself as open as he did against Covington against Masvidal it could be a problem um, but mm. I do think I do think he'll be smarter than that and I think uh, I think Usman will win the decision Wow Well saying that do you want to hear some, this is something that I actually just I was looking at a minute ago and I had to have a little read up but I'll pull it up now so obviously we're talking about the fight this weekend coming up with uh, Usman and Covington. This is what this is from Dana White. Masvidal obviously took the, the Usman fight on short notice. So let's give him this at UFC 261. Uh, and we can do away with all the excuses. And then Kobe Covington's next. Kobe Covington loves him, love him or hate him, or whatever your deal is with him. He's one of the best fighters in the world. See that to me, I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm not with that. I'm not with that fight at all. I'm just, I, I'm a massive Leon Edwards fan. Yeah, we've yeah. spoken about it in the podcast. Yeah. How that man has had, like I have a son understand the Bilal Muhammad fight, and I know he's probably gonna, obviously, gonna fight Nate Diaz next, and I think it will be an absolute massacre in regards to a fight for poor Nate Diaz. I love Nate Diaz. I think he's just wailing over his head against someone like Leon Edwards. Yeah, I think that um, might be the first time we ever see Nate get knocked out, you know? I think he's going to get knocked out badly. Yeah, I think and so. I think, I think, I personally believe it's the last time you'll see Nate in the, other than the Connor fight. I don't I think, think you'll see him. I think it's good that it's happened. I mean, everyone's posted the meme of... Um, of of Nate Diaz when it came out about him and Leon Edwards, I'm quite surprised, motherfuckers. Like yeah. <laughs> everyone was quite surprised that that's a fight that was made. All credit to Nate for taking it. I'm really happy it's happening because you do know you know for a fact. 
that that money is making Leon Edwards, like that, that fight is making Leon Edwards some serious bank that he's probably well overdue. Um, yeah. The Bilal Mohammed fight was really sad. I mean, me and Paul, Paul was on my podcast and we spoke about it very briefly. That it was just really sad to see how it ended. I felt bad for Bilal. I felt terrible for Leon. I felt bad for everyone involved. Yeah. I felt yeah. bad for everyone who sat up and watched it. I felt um, bad for Michael Bisbee. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he was in the corner. Of all people. The fact as soon as I said that to Paul, I was like, and the fact that Bisbee was in the corner, he just went, ah! <laughs> he didn't even realize that like the connection for a minute but yeah like <laughs> fucking yeah i'm glad that's happening um i know it's i think they're doing it a five round as well five round for a co-main um yeah, which, is, which is yeah which is fantastic as well it'd be good it'd be good if leon could get a good three or four rounds under his belt if he is going to finish nate and we know that nate does come on later in the fight as well so that's a great fight and you know i'm sure you'll probably do a full breakdown on that on this podcast anyway but um but yeah, uh, uh, Leon Edwards is the fight to make. But let's be honest, a five-round fight against Nate, where he's probably going to make an absolute fortune, isn't the worst consolation prize for having to wait a little bit more if Covenant gets a match against the winner of these two. I mean, I, I don't like Colby Covenant. I think he's just a fake fucking wanker. Uh, I think he's a yeah. great fighter. He's a great fighter, but I'm so bored of the character. Like, I don't like mm. all of this. Like, you know, even the, as I say, the, bringing the politics and stuff into fighting is just, just dumb shit for me anyway. Yeah. Um, whether I agree with what side of the fence you sit on or not is irrelevant. Um, he's, he's admitted it was a character. He's, oh yeah, he's, it's fake. He, he it's was going to be cut fake. and he was yeah. facing it. So he just quickly pulled the trump card out. And... Everyone forgets I'm a pro wrestling nerd and everyone forgets that Colby Covington was in TNA doing pro wrestling with Josh Barnett and Dan Lambert and everyone. They were all involved in pro wrestling as well. Like, let's, let's have it right. He went over to pro wrestling and the reason he started doing that character was because he knew the UFC were looking to cut him and he was like, yeah. oh, let me, let me try and do this silly thing. Yeah. Like, but for me, it's just like, mate, you'd have been getting paid more and you'd probably be champion Bellator by now. Like, you should have just fucked off. Do you know what I mean? Like, really, intrigued. rather than be a bell and stay true to yourself and go do it and then make sure you're in demand for a massive UFC contract when it comes around. You could have got, he could have gone and been the all American hero in Bellator and beat up everybody. Do you know what I mean? And beat, he could have gone over and had fights with the likes of Rory McDonald and Diego Lima and just and made bank over there because he'd, he'd have got paid more. But instead, he wanted to stay here and just put on this weird character. And I think Brendan Shaw, like something came out like when they were doing some of the food truck diaries and stuff like that. He'd done, with, done one with Covington and he was saying that he was like off camera. He was just being really rude to the girls. that He'd, he'd hired models to come and he, he acts like he's got women all around him. Oh my God. But he pays for these women, these female models yeah. to sit in hot tubs with him and stuff. And like Brendan Shaw, but I don't remember if someone said it or like it was like on his podcast that he was saying like he was just talking absolute shit, being a degenerate to these girls. And they were just like, mate, fuck off. I'm here to be on camera. Like, because you paid me five grand, like just shut up. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's just a fake little mug. Like, obviously he's a great fighter. <laughs> and if I ever saw him in the street and I called him a mug, he'd probably beat me up. Blah, 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 blah. But you're a fake prick. At the end of the day, he's the one that's got to go home and look at himself in the mirror and think I went out there, put myself on the line, looking like an arsehole in front of millions of people. And I got battered by a black fella who stands against my entire character. Do you know what I mean? Like, his jaw. Yeah. He's got to look at himself in the mirror every day and live with that. Fair play to him if he can. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't like him and I don't really want to see him ever have success. Do you know what I mean? Not, you know, he, he's great. He's a great fighter and he's great to watch. All talent in the world. Fair enough. But nah, nah. <laughs> I'd love to see him. I'd love to see Masvidal knock him the fuck out. Everyone at AT&T said he's a prick. Yeah. Everyone at no, AT&T ev said he's a prick. Masvidal included. Yeah. The thing is, I think with, with Covington, I think he went, with the character, he took that character and he started getting personal with a lot of people, yeah. going a bit too far with it. Look, 
we can all we can all take a character. Like there's certain characters out there that are brash, like Chell Sonnen, when he first done it, like some of the shit he said was just ridiculous. Like there was always that thing about when he said about the Nogueira brothers, he went, first time I went down to Brazil and he went, the Nogueira brothers were trying to feed a bus, a carrot and stuff like that. <laughs> like, they, like they was doing shit like that. But you found it partly funny, like you, you couldn't help but laugh at it. But yeah, yeah. Covington went, another level yeah, to that and it got yeah. to the point where as you said Joe, like, even after the Usman fight he made excuses he blamed Mark Goddard and he said oh Mark Goddard's against Brexit so that's why he stopped the fight it's like come on man <laughs> like you, you got beat like shut the yeah. fuck up you got beat you can still play that character and you can still say shit like you still don't like Usman. you don't you don't like what he represents or whatever you can say whatever the hell you like but don't sit there and say that you've got, like, I watched that fight and I believe that was a very, very sloppy Usman. Like, very yeah. sloppy Usman. Like, yeah. very, very sloppy. Even though it was a brilliant fight to didn't watch. Didn't he break his hand in that fight as well? No, he didn't break his hand in that fight. I don't think it was that fight he broke he st- his he hand. He stopped didn't throwing he? it at one point, though, didn't he? He was like, yeah, he Joe was Rogan it said it. Joe Rogan uh, said he was holding it back, but he said he didn't actually break it. Hmm. But, whether he broke it or not, he still beat him. He still yeah. beat him for every And in, in and reality, in reality, with Covington, with doing all of the nonsense that he did, has it made him that much bigger? Because no. I don't, I don't see him earning. I don't see him getting eight hundred thousand pay per views. I didn't see that fight getting anywhere near them sort of numbers. Like, no. so you're doing all of this stuff, and you know you're trying to be Ric Flair meets Conor McGregor. Like that's who you're trying to be. But with like you know, with a MAGA hat on. Like, that's who you're trying to be is, is Ric Flair with a MAGA hat on. Let's be honest, right? And it's doing you fuck all. It's doing you no favours at all. You're just looking like a prick and you're not earning from it. And he's sitting there, I'm the biggest star in the UFC. Mate, no one cares who you are. And the only reason why, people... The only I want to see, people... see him getting knocked out by Leon Edwards or Masvidal. That's a dream for me. The thing is, is the, the Masvidal fight makes more for him than the Houston fight. Yep. He's sitting there this weekend hoping that Masvidal wins 100% oh, yeah. say oh, that yeah. because, because he knows that you do that fight no matter the outcome people go I'm going to tune in to watch that yeah, because I want to see him get yeah. beat the shit out I want to actually see in that the talk that goes on it's a great like, story as well because they were actually friends like they were proper yeah. mates but it's yeah. not like it's not like Usman and Burns who were friends, but they didn't really fall out. There was always a level of respect there with them with that fight. But these are two friends. It's like Rashad fucking Jones all it's over way, again. Yeah. Like it's it's that's deep. That's some deep shit there. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's definitely an interesting. Uh, the welterweight division is very very interesting at the minute. Very interesting. But yeah, I, I just I think with this this fight this weekend, once we obviously get the lay of like the land, and such they're saying that. Who's uh, that Covington gets the the next fight? I know for a fact he's going to hope that it's Masvidal. Uh, he's I bet he's sitting there going, "Please, Masvidal wins. I don't have to fight Usman again." Because it's also said, the, bigger, think, the bigger money fight is Masvidal as well. Oh, it's a massively, yeah. yeah, massively the bigger bigger money fight, and it's just bigger in general. But yeah, I I just I really don't want to see him fight. Look, I I think he beat Tyron Woodley, and yeah. Berg beat Tyron Woodley and got a title shot, but he was on a win streak. He was winning. In my opinion, just beating Tyron Woodley and then going to a title shot. I think Dana White's sort of been a little bit of a 
be. I, I don't agree with that. I think if Leon Edwards is fighting in May, wait until May. Wait till that fight is done and dusted. Then decide what you do. Don't do that. Don't announce that Covington's going to fight for the belt next. I think yes. you wait. If Leon Edwards comes out and has a ridiculous fight, because I'm not being funny, if Nate Diaz wins that fight, Nate Diaz is going to call for a title shot. Oh, and it, it, it'll absolutely get it as well. Yeah. So and Nate Diaz, think... Nate Diaz versus either Masvidal in a rematch versus Usman or versus Covington is a big fight because it's big Nate fight, Diaz. Yeah, big money. Yeah. They're still not pushing Leon. No. 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 But I think the you guys, are... I think you guys pointed it out though. He's not really like the company guy. He's not he? sellable. Yeah. yeah. He's not the face that they want. Even like with Bispin, like with Bispin, it was different because Bispin had that like he was a prick. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knew he was a prick. Like, uh, like he had that about him. Where the Americans, he's, got, he's got character, though. He's got yeah, the Americans wanted to see him get sparked. All of the Brits and the Europeans wanted to see him win for us. Like, there was it was a big thing for Bisping. But get knocked the fuck out all the time. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, yeah Leon. He, the, the problem is, I listened to him on like. Did he review? Listen to him on Joe Rogan. I can't listen to someone from Birmingham speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly the problem. He he doesn't speak well, man. He doesn't. He's very quiet, very shy, very. That's the problem. He's not sellable. He's not marketable. I think the only person with a worse voice than Leon Edwards in the UFC is probably Stipe Miocic. Oh god, yeah. because you can't understand half of the words that cunt says. So you were going to say Mark Goddard there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Stipe obviously mumbles and that, but. Go, go back to what Martin was saying about like, you know, not rushing out these decisions and stuff like that. Like they don't need to either. The rest of the year could be mapped out quite easily. I mean, you look like you've got Oliveira versus Chandler next month. That's the lightweight title. You've also, you've still got to have the Volkanovski Ortega match that yeah. can headline a pay-per-view quite easily. You've still, you've got McGregor Poirier coming up in June. You've got the next two months lined up. So that's fine. Then August, you could be looking at the featherweight match or the middleweight title. If we get something squared there, you've also got Yan, Yan's going to want to defend his title fairly soon against Glover. I think that's coming up. I think that's been confirmed. That it's going to be Glover. You've also then got Nganu. and Yeah, exactly. And Ghana, I think we've lost you again there, Mark, um, with your voice and that. Um, but um, but yeah, Ngannou as well. Ngannou can have his first title defense against Eva Jones if he gets his ass in gear. Or um, has there been any other development about that? Nah, nah. There's been nothing. I mean, Jones has obviously been talking shit and and saying that he wants to fight and but he wants ten million or he wants this or he wants that. And I don't know exactly what what the argument is. I mean, I don't. I've never heard, and I don't know. Like you might might be able to correct me on this, but I've never heard of a fighter getting a ten million purse. Even McGregor only gets like three or four million. He doesn't get like ten million. No, guaranteed. he gets more than that. Yeah, he I know. He, I know he gets more than that. But I, I, from what I've ever seen, his, his fight purse on the night has only ever really been reported as like three or four million. So I don't know yeah. where this guaranteed ten million. John Jones is going to get more than ten million for the fight. Well, but, but I don't. Well. Like, well <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we, we had that conversation on the other podcast where I did again. I went off on a little bit of a tangent. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> about John. But again, John Jones must be smoking crack again because yeah. it, that's, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't Wait, he's had all of these fights, right? And, and, and he's had all of these fights, but not one of them's ever drawn over a million. Not one of them. Yeah, but he can't put again, himself in the same bracket as Connor and Brock. He just can't no. do it. He just no, can't. But, the thing is with Jones, as we've said it, he's done so much shit in the past yeah. that you just, the UFC are looking at it going, mate, you have cost us, 
you cost us millions, and he has. He's cost yeah. them millions upon millions of dollars. Not just that, but he's cost them PR embarrassment as well, which, which is yeah, worth more than yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, the, yeah. Fact, the fact that they moved the fight to benefit him testing positive again, yeah, like, to an entirely different stadium in a different state. That's embarrassing. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he's like still, he was still their champion after the hit and run and the cocaine and everything else. He's a PR disaster for him. Yeah. So not only has he cost them money in the reorganization and, and everything else and the missed pay-per-views and whatnot, but yeah, the PR in itself is fucking shocking. So, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I just, uh, I, I've, I'm of the belief that they need to do, Especially for the heavyweights, they'll have to do. They'll just Derek, go with Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, which I lo- oh, I love. Derek Lewis. He's with Every, him, I think every, everybody loves, loves that. Yeah. No, I don't think there's anybody that I know that doesn't like Derek Lewis. Like Derek Lewis is just he's just fun. He's just a, like he just seems like such a funny, relaxed. It's because he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. That's why I like him because the get ups, care. the get ups are the funniest fucking thing I've ever yeah. seen. Like the videos <laughs> yeah. on on Twitter and that of him just like everyone taking him down. He's just like, I'm not laying down here. Just fuck, and he just gets up. Is like, yeah. is absolutely hilarious. But I, well, you made a point earlier, Martin. That's really interesting with regards to a potential Lewis and Ngannou rematch. Is yeah, that first fight was probably the worst fight in history. But that means that both guys are going to be going out there with a point to prove second time round. So yeah, I'm happy for it to be that. I'm happy for it to be Jones. I think you know. Seeing Jones fight Ngannou is an amazing spectacle. Um, I really want it to be Jones. And it, it could very well be the very first and only time that we see John Jones get knocked the fuck out. Um, oh, I think you do. I think he gets knocked yeah, yeah, like, into yeah. oblivion. The more, I'm, the more saying... I'm sitting there, I was very, on the night of, of when Ngannou won, I was very much in the WhatsApp group going, no, Jones is too skilled for Ngannou. It's never going to happen. He's gonna... and is, then, this, is this before? The more, before? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but the more I've watched that fight, I've rewatched that because Stipe is one of my all-time favorite fighters. I told you, yeah. Paul, when we did the preview, yeah, like yeah, yeah. he's one of my all-time favorites. I can never bet we, against him. I think him, we both picked more, him, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. The more I've I've watched that fight, I'm just like, yeah, he take he, he rips John's head off and shits in the hole. Like it's it's just, it's not even close. The thing is, is, is I said the scary thing about Ngannou in that fight. Was... <laughs> I was going to say what there's one scary thing about Ngannou. <laughs> No, no, there's obviously loads of different points, but I'm saying the new the new part of his game is how patient he was. That's yeah. what scared me more. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> he, he, he's not really come forward, like he hasn't blitzed. And then and he started throwing head kicks. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute, he's throwing leg kicks as well. Like, what's going on? What's with his kicking game all of a sudden? I'm like, mm. that geezer's got tree trunks for legs. Like, he hits you. And the thing is, with like someone like Jones... Jones is hittable. We all see it. We've all yeah. seen it in the past. He hasn't got the best defensive skills in terms of boxing or or stri- he's got good striking, but he hasn't got the best defense. He's used his ability to be taller and longer than everybody. Like he went on that tear for so many years because he was so much taller and so much bigger than all of them. If you look at him. He's one of them people that's an, an, anatomically perfect to do the sport that he's in. He's like yeah. Michael Phelps in swimming is perfect yeah. to swim. Yeah. He's got a he's body of a, of, a, of a fish. Like he's literally built to do it. And John Jones mm-hmm. is built to be an MMA fighter. Yeah. Simple as that. He struggled against people his own size though. Exactly. So if you look at the fighters that he had, like the, such the legends that he went through, he went through um, Shogun. He went through Machita. He went through uh, Rampage. Sonnen, um, Vitor Belford, uh, Rashad Evans. Uh, so same for ah Glover. So there's seven there. If you look at if you lined all seven of them up, they're all about the same size, but they're all smaller than John Jones. 
Yeah. As soon as he fought Gustafsson, what happened? Oh, actually, I'll tell you what, and Daniel Cormier. You he lined actually, them all actually, up. He won the first one. What's that? Gustafsson. <laughs> See, I was always of that belief until I watched that fight again recently. Oh, what, you've changed your mind now? Changed my mind. Um, you know, the reason why, um, as I said, I've told you before, I've, I've had the, the lucky thing of having to judge fights and it's something that I, I do want to do again in the future. I potentially want to try and get on the course where I can do a, like a proper judging course. And I'm not saying I'm going to go and judge fights all the time, but I'd like to like to try and do it. And um, yeah, if, if I could get the opportunity to do it, like when I've looked at fights before, I've, I sort of, I don't know, I think you get emotionally invested sometimes into fights. Sometimes I'll sit down and I'll watch a fight and I'll score it. Like I went back and watched uh, McGregor versus Nate Diaz, for example, the second fight. I, sc- I still score that to McGregor, but only yeah. just, only yeah. just. It's not like a massive amount, but the the Jones um, Gustafsson fight, I would call that a Jones win, purely for the fact because if you're gonna with the McGregor Diaz one, it was different. Is that was a non-title fight to beat the champion? In my opinion got to really beat the champion. Mm. Like, I think the Dominic Reyes was more of a convincing victory than the Gustafsson fight. But so that, yeah, getting back to that point, he always struggles with people with the same size. If he's got someone a hell of a lot bigger than him in Francis Ngannou, which there is a massive size difference, Jones is probably going to come in there around the 228, Maybe to, between two twenty eight and two thirty, probably maybe up to two thirty eight, maybe like he, that he, range. He was saying he reckons he'd come in at like two forty five or something like that. That's what he was saying. Mm, well, if he all right, I can't see it. I can't see it because yeah, I think I, can't see it. I think walking around maybe, but once he gets into a full camp, he's going to naturally drop weight. Yeah, he's just going to drop weight. Even if he does. Francis Ngannou's walking around like <laughs> He has to cut to get to 265. No, no, he doesn't now. That's the oh, scary, again, yeah, that's another yeah. scary thing. He actually cut that out. He cut out weighing in that, but oh, he so still he... weighs around 264, 265. Oh, but he okay. might even have to cut the cut. He might have to cut the cut of the pounds, but he's not cutting what he used to cut. Like if you basically, what you're at... saying is Ngannou gets scarier by the month. Yeah, <laughs> he just keeps and adding. He, he just keeps adding things that make him scarier. Like when yeah. you said earlier about him being patient. I remember someone said it at a time after the fight. It was like the two scariest heavyweights in history: sea level Kane and patient Ungarnu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But and and I sat there again with the, the Kane Velasquez. If you actually watch him versus Kane Velasquez, I always think that Kane Velasquez was one of the best heavyweights of all time. I love Stipe as well, but I would still say. Kane is still, in my opinion, one of the best heavyweights that we've ever seen. But Ngannou is just the scariest we've ever seen and could potentially be the best we've ever seen. Without actually being that good. He doesn't actually have to be that good to beat everyone. He's He's not the finished product. No. But again, if he, look, he defended a takedown. Like As soon as he defended that takedown, instantly I went, Stipe fucked. Yeah. Like, literally, I said it. I was watching it. I was like, Stipe's fucked. Yeah. And then my, my, my wife sitting there next to me, she said, what do you mean? I went, that geezer just stopped the takedown. Last fight, yeah. he couldn't stop one takedown. I said, he stopped the first takedown when they're dry, when they're fresh. I went, he has just stuffed that takedown yeah. in a way 
that is somebody that knows how to defend a takedown. He's not trying to run away from it. He's not trying to flail about and just muscle out of it. He's done that all with technique. And that is the scary thing. You get someone of that size, that power, that speed as well, because everybody sits and thinks just the power. It's not just the power, it's his speed. His speed is unreal. Mm. The way he throws punches and and kicks, as I said, like when he threw that, that well, it wasn't even a jab. It was a, he stepped in, looked like it was a jab, but he ends up coming as a rear-handed left, like a, a, a straight left-hand shot. And he hit Stipe. And I just remember watching it going, oh, like, shit. We saw it, it against, the... against Rosenstrick as well. Where he just stepped yeah. in with every single punch well, and just took his head off. Like, it was crazy. But the difference the difference with the Rosenstrike one, though, is he just come forward. He was not scared whatsoever. With the Stipe one, he knew that from the fight before that he was a bit too overzealous. And this time, he was very much like, okay. More I'm reserved. Time. I'm going to be patient. Do you, know what, and... do you know what makes it even scarier? Do you know what adds even more fear to this? Is that he's still very young for a heavyweight as well. Yeah. That's the scary yeah. thing. That's the scariest thing about all this. So if he keeps adding skills the way he has been over the past two or three years, you could be looking at the best heavyweight of all time and a skill level as well. I would, I, mm. you know, I don't think he'll ever, he's never going to have a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but to be honest, apart from, you know, the Doom's jiu-jitsu, what heavyweight has really been that much of a, what heavyweight champion has ever been that much of a great on the ground, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one with old Steve, uh, sorry, with uh, Garnu because, I think Stipe, I don't think you're going to see him come back for a title fight. And also, it's not going to take much for Ngannou, in my opinion, to beat Stipe's record. What is it, three title defences? Yeah, yeah. Like, if he beats Lewis, he beats Jones, that's two. Maybe he then beats Stipe again if he manages to make his way back to the title. Yeah, maybe beat Stipe yeah. again, that's three. And then he only has to do one more, which they might just throw Curtis Blades back in there again. Oh, <laughs> get, <fuck> get knocked <laughs> him out for a third time. That's going to be fine. Um, yeah. I'd, until, we, you know, we give it maybe two or three years and then Aspinall will knock him the fuck out anyway. So we ain't got to worry about none of it. Oh, I do like yeah. Tom Aspinall. I do like Tom Aspinall. Oh, I'm hoping he does well. Fingers crossed. He looks amazing. Well, after the last one, yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. So many people say about him. So many people say, like, not even just people from, from Calbon and that, like, loads of, like, yeah. I think Dan Hardy sung his praises. Loads of people from UK MMA have spoken. And there's a lot but, of people stateside that are really excited about him as well. So, fingers crossed for him, man. The thing is, though, like, what my fear for him is Team Calbon, if people don't know, Team Calbon is a, and it, like, they've got some ridiculous guys come over. They've had Paul Kelly. Uh, Terry Etting, Paul Sass, obviously Darren Till now, and obviously Tom Asper now. But they're notoriously bad for getting injuries, injuries yeah. and quite bad injuries over the years. I just hope that Tom Asper now doesn't get into that routine and ends up cutting his career short due to injuries. I think he's a very smart, smart guy. Like Darren Till, I'm not saying Darren Till's not smart because Darren Till is very, very intelligent. But Darren Till, I think, is probably too, too hard for his own good that makes sense like I think when you're um, I know people that have broke broken collarbones in the past uh, a good training training partner of mine for years and a guy that I pretty much sort of see grow up in the gym in terms of he come his name's Connor he's a fantastic fantastic uh, grappler and a striker and just a lovely human being in general he um 
he broke his collarbone and the recovery he had for his collarbone was unreal, like ridiculous. And the problem is, is Darren Till will probably try to come back from that injury very, very quickly. Yeah. And it can have very, very, very bad repercussions. Yeah, mate, mate of mine, his, his, his nephew broke it at horse ride and he had to have surgery to have it put it all back together and everything. And then I think not even six months later, he'd broken it again whilst he was back on the horse riding again. It's just yeah. like, Jesus. You know, it's just, it's the same thing. Exactly the same thing. It popped again. It literally poking out, like not out of the skin, but the skin was like poking upwards where it was like just there. And he said, it doesn't even fucking hurt. That's the annoying thing. It's like, it really didn't even hurt him, but it's just like, just weak as fuck now. Like, can't do it. Yeah. So, and that's the yeah. problem with something that, that sort of injury. Like, people go, oh, collarbone, that'd be it, right? No, no, no. Like, it links so many things together, that collarbone. To, to get that, look, fingers crossed, Darren Till's getting the best help possible, but. Seems to be smoking be a, a lot long... of weed, which is handy. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that on his Instagram. Go on, Till. If anyone can get it legalized in the UK, it'd be Darren Till. So. Oh, mate, it's about time. It's about Fucking, time. Oh, mate. Yeah, like, I think I, I can't remember if I had a conversation with you, Paul, if it was someone else on mm. my podcast, but, um, you know, like in the UK, Theresa May's husband was like part of a company that was the biggest export oh, of yeah. cannabis in the, in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, it's illegal here. I remember like a couple of weeks ago, Sadiq Khan said he wanted to try and make it legal in London. You had all these people, oh my God, oh my God, how dare he, how dare he? It's just like, no, please, please, please do it. <laughs> if, if it wasn't, if it wasn't Sadiq Khan sort of, Suggesting oh, yeah, that for I it. would be, an, I'd be all for it, but because he's suggesting it, just him. because of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh no, I don't. Yeah, I, no, I don't like him either. But, um, I, but no, I think, I think, I think, if it wasn't him saying it, I think everyone who was even opposed to it would be on. Like, do you know what I mean? If it was like someone that everyone universally likes, do you know what I mean? No one would say a fucking yeah. about it. But, well, the thing uh, is, it's like I said it yesterday. It was a bit gutting yesterday because it was obviously four twenty yesterday. And I said it like usually you got all the Hyde Park thing happen and all yeah, of that. I, I went past Hyde Park yesterday because I have to go past there when I'm on my way home from work because I live quite I live like ten minute walk from Hyde Park, and I went past and I was on a bus and it fucking stank. I was still like, people like, over there, oh, mate. The whole it was Ramo over there. The whole oh, was place. it? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't see anything to do with I it. I forgot. Did I didn't. I didn't even realize because it was the first day of like we reopened at work yesterday. And it was the first day, and I was because I was so involved in that. I didn't even realize what the fucking date was. And I was mm. on. I went. To, I went to the gym on Oxford Street after work, and I've, I've started doing the old couch to five k because I'm a fat cunt and I need to get fit. But um, <laughs> I was. I was in the gym and I banged the gym and I come out and I jumped on a bus home and and um, I went down Oxford Street and I was like, there's loads of like. How can I put it? Basically, just loads of young people. Let's put it there. Like yeah. loads of hood rats. Hippies. Yeah. Hood rats, bruv. And I was like, all right, I know Oxford Street's usually packed, but it was like, it was like a different kind of pack. Do you know what I mean? It was like everywhere you looked, it weren't shoppers. It was like bare, like late teens, early 20s people. Do you know what I mean? Like loads of them. And I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Like, what's going on? Like, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people ain't working at the minute and blah, blah, blah. And then when I got to the end of the road, I, I looked on my phone and I, it said Hyde Park. And I was like, oh, fuck me. What's happened now? Like, so I looked at my phone and I realized, oh, yes, yeah, 420. And as I got closer to it at Marble Arch, you could smell the park. Like, it was wild. <laughs> it was no. wild. And my bus goes all the way down Park Lane alongside Hyde Park. And it made a sea of people all the way down. Brilliant. Yeah, so, uh, definitely did happen. Definitely happened yesterday. Yeah, because yeah, to be honest, I'd never heard anything from an organizer. I, I heard that the organized people usually organize it, said don't do it because of obviously COVID and, yeah, yeah. and everything. And I understood it. And I was like, all right, fair enough. But 
he yeah. had more people outside Stamford Bridge anyway, so <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> there's apparently there's a protest outside B and Q in Tottenham Hill yesterday uh, today <laughs> for Tottenham. <laughs> oh man, I'm surprised they haven't done one at Julep's yet. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, between fucking between the Premier League nonsense and the Caterpillar Wars, I don't know what the fuck's better. Do you know what I mean? No, oh, fuck. mate, no. it's been crazy. It's been a crazy few days. Oh, and by the way, uh, Derek Chauvin, fuck you. Rest in peace, George Floyd. Ah, uh, yes, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When's he going to be? He's going to be sentenced. Uh, I think it's in about. Months. I think it's in about eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that Why just, that? That, that, mate, social media was crazy last night. You had loads of us all sitting there waiting for every, like, which Premier League team's going to pull out. And then all of a sudden, CNN or whoever drops, yeah, okay, they, yeah. they've got a decision now in, in the George Floyd case. <laughs> like, and, it, and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and yeah, everything was all popping off last night. And it was like, everyone waiting with bated breath to see if the cunt got guilty. You know, it's just like, yeah. it's mad. It was never we, not going to get guilty. But you, you know what? Imagine not. if he but didn't the, the thing fuck. is, though, the thing is, it's mad that we live in a world where we watched a guy kill another guy on camera and a big portion of us still had to sit there and say, there's a good chance he's going to get away with this, you know? Like, yeah. it's still that, like, in us yeah. that there's, that, like, we're so desensitised to some of the, not even just the racism that police pull, but just the, the, the outright bullying and shit that they pull anyway yeah. with everybody, let alone yeah. the, the, the racism that we know exists. Like, it, it, we're so ingrained, like, we're so ingrained in us and we're so used to seeing it. That like we have to sit there and we're so used to them getting away with it, let alone seeing it. Seeing it's one thing, but knowing that they can get away with it, like it's just like fuck me. Like if that had if that had been found innocent last night, then boy, but how could it though? We watched him kill a guy on camera. Yeah, his no, own his yeah. own his own officers testified against him and said, No, this motherfucker did that shit. Like yeah. and there was all the evidence and of, like he, he knew him previously and all that kind of mad shit. So mate, I've heard he's a he, he's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, right? So you know yeah. that by Trapping that fucking artery for nine minutes, whoever it was, you know the guy's fucking. You're gonna kill him. He's the other thing is, well, at, at what stage? At what stage? If you've got another human being on the ground in handcuffs, at what stage do you have to keep kneeling like, what, on him? Yeah, yeah of course. why did yeah, you need yeah, to keep yeah. him there? You had a police car. Just stick him in the car. There's like four of you. Like, if yeah. four of you can't carry a man in handcuffs to the car, you don't deserve to be police, bruv. Yeah, yeah. you need to go down Gracie and actually learn some shit because you're a pussy old. That's the reality <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah, mate, that's the thing is with, I, I've said it, with, in regards to restraining people and whatever it is, I believe that, and I've spoke to police officers about it, police officers have said to me that basically their training is fuck all. They don't get training. Like, nah, not properly. And they should, they should be trained all the time, like yep. regularly trained. Because In, in jiu-jitsu as well, that's, it's, it's yeah. key. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Gracie the guy, Academy, the um, Henna and that, don't they? Did they actually do a police? Yeah. Or, or, or they're trying to push for this police um, training sort of scheme. And the same goes for bouncers. I mean, there's a club just over the river in Vauxhall from me a couple of years ago. I mean, it was a shithole club anyway. And it was somewhere that me and a couple of other promoters and that we were always sort of saying, like, this club's dodgy as fuck. Um, these two bouncers restrained a geezer outside and he died. Same sort of thing, compressing on his chest while he's on the ground. The geezer had a heart attack and he's laying there like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I'm dying, I'm dying. And they, 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 the bouncers in there were bullies. I mean, I went in that club and I accidentally walked into the office thinking it was a toilet and they were in there shooting up a fucking D-bowl. Like, oh, they were just in there doing roids <laughs> at the club. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on in here? Do you know what I mean? And they were, they were just them meathead fucking cunts that are just in there to bully people. Yeah. And we always said they would always rough handle people and everything else. And then one night, one geezer, they dragged him out and pinned him down on the floor and he died. 
and that, like them geezers, like the, the bouncers like disappeared off the face of the earth after that. Mm. But it's like bouncers, security, and especially police, like they need to be properly trained, man. Because even if you're not a fucking, even if you're not a racist bully, and I'm not saying all police are racist bullies, I'm saying there's a problem, but I'm not saying it's all of them. Like you, you've got to do better, do better. Like if you're, if you're, if you're in a position where you work for an institution that's always constantly being accused of racism, don't lean on a black guy's neck for 10 minutes. Like, yeah. are you thick as well as mm. fucking stupid? Like, you know, what's going on here? Like, yeah. what planet are we living on? And as I say, like, we were all waiting with bated breath last night on two things, whether our club would be the first one to put out an announcement and whether that cunt would get found guilty. But he did. And I wanted to mention it before we finished. That yeah. Fuck you. I hope you rock. <laughs> and I don't, no. I don't, I don't care that people say George Floyd was a criminal. Listen, I've done bare criminal shit in my life that I ain't proud of. Yeah, listen, you, you don't deserve... Listen, you, we, I've, we I've, Yeah, I'm, yeah, no, no, no. You, you, you I've done all kinds of silly shit. I've sold weed. I've had fights. I've done all kinds of nonsense, right? And if any of you were to turn around and say I deserve to die because I might have been stoned at the time when an old Bill decided he was going to kill me, like, yeah, yeah. you're mad. Like, you're yeah. actually sick in your head. The, you thing, the thing is, is with that, like, I said it, like, people were saying, oh, he's the gentle giant, this, that, and that. But look, the geezer wasn't a nice bloke. No. But he didn't deserve to be treated no, like that. Like, be that that's the thing. Like, no, like I've said it. I know, we all know. We all know people that are dodgy. We've all done shit we shouldn't do in the past. We all do still shit. Like we all fucking drive and probably drive over the speed limit, which is illegal. We we do all that shit that we're not meant to do. Yeah. Doesn't mean that we'd be able to be pulled out of our motor, have a police officer do that to us. Mm. And not well, no, not even just police officer. Anybody doesn't yeah, matter. Ima- the, the thing is, imagine how your mum and dad would feel seeing your name being dragged through the mud like that because you did mm. something wrong in your life. Yeah, you know what I mean. I oh, really deserve yeah. to die. Like, hang on a minute, what? Yeah. Like, no, don't deserve to look. As I said, like I've said it, I've had this conversation with people in the past about it. People say, oh, like, oh, he was, he was, he was a nice bloke. This and the other. I said, look, no matter who you are, but like, we all try to be as nice as we possibly can, but we all yeah. do some shit we shouldn't yeah. do. Yeah. I went. He done some shit that he definitely shouldn't have done. He definitely did, but that does yeah. not condone no. somebody mm. doing that to another yeah. human being. Yeah. I don't care. I don't. I don't say that. I'm going to rephrase that. The only things I would do that with is paedophiles. It's the only thing that I would because paedophiles I'm and pretty rapists. much yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. paedophiles. I'm very, very strong on that regard. But you but... see, that's 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 the other side of it. They found that geezer Brock Turner raping a woman in an alleyway, the white kid that, from that high school where he was a famous swimmer and all that. He was raping a woman who was unconscious in an alleyway. Two guys found him. They didn't kill him. The old Bill turned up. They didn't kill him. Do you know what I mean? He was yeah. he was like literally like doing shit to a, an unconscious person like and and nothing happened to him. If anything, he got a night he got a six month suspended sentence because it was going to ruin his swimming career. Mm. Like and, and people have got no qualms with that, no issue with that. No, none of the people that I see saying George Floyd deserved it ever say the same shit about this geezer. None of is, them. Is, is mummy and daddy very rich? Of course, mummy and daddy are very rich. Okay. It's like, it's just, it's, 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 the, it's the essence of it. But it's like with someone like George Floyd or anyone who's got a criminal record or anything like that, I know people that have got disgusting criminal records, but they've come out of prison, they've turned their life around and they're doing stuff with kids. They're teaching kids not to be like that. They're out there teaching martial arts. They're out there running DJ workshops. They're doing stuff to give back to the community that they took from or the community that took from them. Do you know what I mean? Like people yeah. can reform their life. So who's to say that, that that person who did that wrong thing that one day 
can't be a fucking superhero to someone the next day. Mm. Yeah. You know, and who, yeah, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. who who are you to sit there and say that it's okay that that person's life ended because of mistakes they made in the past? Like for me, that's like if you're listening to this and you hold them views, but you're disgusting. Give your head a wobble, and I hope you can live <laughs> with yourself because that's just like you're wronging. You're fucking wronging. Like simple as that. But you know, happy days. The geezer got found guilty. It's just interesting what the sentence will be because it's like a maximum of forty years, but he's probably looking at closer to like fifteen. No, to be honest, I think they're going to throw the book at him. I think they have to, they, to, to make, yeah, they're to, gonna, they, to make an example. They, what it is, is they're trying to make it look, we, we've seen it over the last few weeks. They had that woman the other week, weren't it, that killed that kid. Uh, and again, look, I, I, I've got a little bit of a different view on certain things like this. When it comes to America and the old bill over here, the old bill over here are come. They are. We all know it. Like, not saying that. Not all old bill, because I know a but, lot of old But bills. we've all had an experience with their chiefs. We've all, yeah, we have. Yeah. But I've had, to be honest, I've had, I probably had better experiences with the old bill than I've had bad experiences, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, I've had some, I've had some experience with them where they've been complete arseholes. I probably count maybe two times that that's happened. All the other things, it's all to do with traffic stops, like fucking being pulled over remote yeah. when I haven't done anything wrong. It's weird, it's weird for me. Is sorry, go on, Martin. So no, no, no. But like, I as I said it, like I, I believe, and this is somebody from. Like, as I said, I'm not. I wouldn't class myself as such somebody of color. I'm mixed race. Yeah. So, I've had people say racist shit to me. We've had, I've had this conversation with people before. I've had people say racist shit to me. I don't tend to bat around either because I'm a little bit more calmer. Would I see that happen to somebody else? No, I'd probably react more if it happened to somebody else. But. What happens in America, I always feel like gets right dragged to the old bill over here. Now, I know a lot of old bill. Right? I've got friends that are in the old bill. I've got training partners, for example. One of my good, good friends and training partners, Sean, is I've seen that guy fight in a cage and all sorts. He even said it. He was like, look, there is some scumbag old bill. He went, there is. He went, I know some of them. He went, but if you acquaint that to the amount of good old bill, he yeah. goes, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. He goes, you can't. Unfortunately, he said, we all get tired with the same brush. But yeah. even he said it. Like, I spoke to another geezer mm-hmm. I know who's a cop up. And he said, after this George Floyd thing, he went, the police have been under more pressure now than they ever have done. And technically, they haven't done anything wrong. Like the British Do you know, do you know where they Sorry, fall God. down? Do you know where they fall down heavily? And it was recent and it was local to us, which is why it's kind of resonated with me a lot was the Sarah Everard thing. Um, we were getting messages the week she went, the week she disappeared, the week everyone's found out she disappeared for five days before that. Obviously, my missus lives in Battersea. It's a five minute walk from Clapham Common. So obviously it hits home a little bit because it, it could have been any. I don't want to think about it, but like her mates, a lot of her colleagues, they all work at the same hospital. They all live around there. So a lot of the WhatsApp groups and stuff were circulating the image and anyone seen this girl. And I was like, that's never going to go anywhere. That girl's probably, and then it just like builds and builds and builds. And all of a sudden it was national news. But then at the vigil, like for the old bill, when one of their own, and we can't, we actually can't talk about the case because you could, you could jeopardize the case and everything else. So, you know, for one of their own to be accused of, kidnapping and murdering that girl for them to then go out against a bunch of women and manhandle them the way they yeah, did whether yeah. they were given direction to or not like common sense yeah. like use your nugget you're under fire people already hate you like you've got loads of people already you got so you got all the anti-lockdown people hate you 
because they don't want lockdowns and they think the police that we're living in a police state. You got all the all the people that, that are supporting Black Lives Matter fucking hate you because they're not interested in you anymore because of the George Floyd thing. You've got a load of other people now hate you because one of your owners allegedly kidnapped and murdered a woman. And then you want to go and like beat up five foot one women and drag them around the park and that. And it's like, mate, I've seen so many videos of the different women that they were dragging. And I'm like, did it really take four of you to take a woman down who's five foot one? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't understand the, the lack of common sense. Like everything was fine at that. I know people who were there. Like we live around the manor, do you know what I mean? I know people who were there. Everything was calm. Everything was quiet. Kate Middleton, the fucking princess of the country, was there. And it was calm and it was fine. But as soon as it got dark and they weren't it, they weren't happy with people not moving when they were told to move, like the aggression comes in. And I, like there's a lot of it doesn't just it's not the individual police officer's fault. It's a tactical managerial decision that's fucking stupid. Mm, yeah. A lot of problems in this country that come from fucking stupidity and incompetence. And that's one of them. But they didn't do themselves any favours that night. And it's, it takes, much like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast with the football and everything else, it takes a long time to rebuild trust. And that, that set trust back five years, mate. That's, like, that's a big problem. That's a big yeah, problem. definitely. I think with, with, as you said, with everything that goes on, like, especially with the whole anti-lockdown thing, no matter what you believe in, if you believe in it, you don't believe it, whatever it is, whether you believe in COVID or not, with, with what's happened over the last... Fucking hell! What is it? Just over a year now since yeah. this all happened. Yeah. We've everybody's been through shit that none of us had ever like. I, I remember I got married in 2019. I got married in 2019. <laughs> I was thinking like last year, me and the missus we were going to go away. We were going to write, enjoy ourselves. We just bought our first house together. We was like all cutting all these plans. Now, everything got sort of put to thing, and then you see all this mad shit like that was going on with the George from the George Floyd to. Sarah Everard getting things to the the um, to all the lockdown stuff. You see all this shit happening, and then like it was just stress upon stress upon stress, and stuff. Everything was building, and it was this big. In my opinion, it was this big kettle that was going like just steaming, steaming, and it blew its top at like certain points. Whether it was the anti-lockdown thing, whether it was the, I think. Sarah sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I think it's I think it's vented a little bit. I don't think it's ever fully blown its top. No, I think it's still there. I think there's still. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you when it would have blown its top. And it may sound silly, but I think if that ESL thing had carried on, and all the football fans had started kicking off, I do think that would have been a big catalyst to something majorly going wrong. You know. Yeah, definitely. Because I agree with what you're saying. I've seen the same thing, but I don't ever think it quite got. It never got to that London riots point of 2011. You know, when it was like. Fuck oh, we don't want to see that again. No, nah. that's where I kind of felt it was going to go at one point, you know. And like, yeah, I agree with you, man. It's like, it's so weird, isn't it? Like, we've all had to live through this like madness. But I think that with um with fans coming back to MMA this weekend, I think it's uh it's all going to calm down. Some yeah. sort of normality. Yeah, nature, yeah, yeah. Na- some... nature is healing. Nature is healing. <laughs> See what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a shitload of weed and I'm just going to like sprinkle it around the world. That's what we've got to do. Sprinkle it around. <laughs> Everybody have it. No, 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 no. There's no option. You have to smoke a joint. Just got to <laughs> chill the fuck out. If everyone did that instead of drinking alcohol, I think we'd all be we'd all be better off. We we were talking we were talking about this after training, weren't we, the other day, Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do it. And I, I've said it. It's something where look, I'm sitting here. I've had I've had a couple of cans of beer tonight just because I finished work and that's it. But I've never won. I don't get aggressive on drink. I'm not a. I'm not an aggressive drinker. I don't, but I've had so many more drunken, stupid moments yeah. than I've ever had at a joint. And as I said, we haven't really ever spoke about it in the podcast. 
I smoke weed. I don't care. I don't care what people think. At the end of the day, it is what it is. Like, people, there's, there's people I know that want to go and do a line of gear in the toilet or go and bloody take, um, I don't know, like, I call them South American supplements. So yeah, or you got what else? <laughs> all, the, all these different like, products. Like, these, these stuff that these kids take nowadays, like um, what is it? All tranquilizers and all that. Sort oh, of ketamine. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, like ketamine and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, each to their own. It's not something. I've had some I weird nights on ketamine, boy. <laughs> mate, I've never done it. Be worse. Something. It's really people say to me like, oh, like what have you done? What have you done? I'm like, uh, just weed. I just smoke weed. I was even said to Paul the other night. I said, twenty three. 23 was the first time I smoked a joint. It was after a jiu-jitsu competition where I was pissed off. It's the first time I'd ever smoked a joint. Um, before that, I was the complete anti-drugs, everything. I'd never touch anything ever. And it happened. And I was like, I know. And that's the thing. That's, that's the stories I hear about people. It was like, I was 13. I was 12. I think I was, I think I was about 14 or 15. I think I was, I was a bit older. But about 14, I think. Yeah. I, I've, I was, done, I've done loads of different things. Loads and loads of different things from, from ketamine I've done more cocaine than you can shake a stick at. Like I haven't, yeah. I haven't touched anything. For, I haven't even smoked weed this year. I gave up smoking cigarettes last year. I would not like I'm never gonna. I won't ever fully give up smoking weed. I'll still occasionally, and I still love an edible. But um, like yeah, I've done, I've done ketamine, speed, fucking MDMA. Like uh, yeah, a few things. I, a few things I would never even admit to in public, but I'll talk, talk about off air. But um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've done loads of shit. But really and truthfully, like weed for me, like. I think everyone should be allowed to do it. I mm. think absolutely everyone should be allowed to do it. Yeah. Even even to a certain degree, even to a certain degree, MDMA. Because I don't know anyone who's ever got Aggie when doing MDMA. No, never. Everyone's just in love with the world. And never. Yeah. Like, mate, I got up on top of the speakers in Ministry of Sound. I was dancing. People were cheering me on. It was like, best time in the world, mate. Best time <laughs> in the world. They are, doing, they are doing unbelievable research now with MDMA. With uh, We spoke about it because they used to use it for marriage counselling. Yeah, 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 they actually used to give it to married married couples in counselling because it gives you the ability to lose any sort of insecurity and speak yeah. openly about how you feel. Yeah, like without judgment, the other person will listen to everything you say, and it's like it gives you real ability to open up. And even though you might be a bit monged on it, the next day when you go home with your missus and and you've had that ability to open up, it's an icebreaker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you know, you yeah. can work on your relationship a lot better, and that's what they used to use it for. But yeah. But yeah, trying to convince these people to even legalize weed is is one step. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, one day, guys. One day. Right, that was good. Right. That was fucking. We covered a lot of shit there, man. Yeah, we did actually. We did. We covered yeah, loads of stuff. We fucking smashed it. Right. So, Jay, where can we catch you on your podcast, brother? Where can we catch you in general? Well, the Over the Hill podcast is uh, is out every Wednesday on Spotify, iTunes, all of that good stuff is everywhere. Um, this week's special guest is DJ SO Beats from Tough Love. They've had like, you know, top 20 with Genuine and they've done remixes of Joe DeSea and people like that. So they're absolutely huge. Steph's an old mate. He came on the podcast. He told a really great story about um, the, the record House Every Weekend, which actually got stolen from him and was went to number one because of him. So yeah, if you're, you'll probably get to that in a little bit, Paul, it's yeah, about halfway yeah, through yeah. the podcast actually. Yeah. So yeah, it's a really interesting one. Yeah, the Over the Hill podcast, subscribe on Spotify and iTunes and all that. Email the Over the Hill podcast at gmail.com um, to get any, you know, I if thought, you want to get in touch with the show. I thought you was going to, you know, the last couple of times I was thinking, please don't read out the one I sent in. <laughs> please don't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to slap him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've, had, I've, had, I've had a few of the confessions a few of the confessions, of confessions I'm like been, fucking hell man mate, the geezer sent in a confession to my Instagram and it was literally right 
it was literally like, you know, what's, you know, sending your confessions or your dilemmas. And I do the segment on the podcast and we, we read them out anonymously. And the geezer, I know him. So I know he done it as well. He said, he said, I got Go. caught smashing the life out of myself on my mum and dad's bed, my mum and dad's bed by a builder. Oh my god! <laughs> so he came, he, he came home and for some reason went in his mum and dad's room. Um, rest in peace to his mum as well. This is really oh, fun. bro! <laughs> oh, no. so he, he, he came, he came home, went in his mum and dad's bed, and he said, "I was smashing the life out of myself," which is a fucking hilarious phrase in and of itself. But he said, "I'm smashing the life out of myself," and, and a, build, a builder walked in. And my guest on the podcast said to me, "I've got a question: Why the builder was there?" Yeah. <laughs> but this is a geezer that I could tell you some of the other stuff he's done as well. I won't ever say his name, but there was one time his sister and her mates were coming around the house, and he got fully naked, took a condom out of the packet, stuck it up his ass, and just laid down on the living room floor. Whoa! So when her other <laughs> mates came in, he was laying on the floor with a rubber hanging out of his ass. That's the sort of geezer he is. I told I told the other story on the podcast as well. Me and my mate needed to borrow his car to go and do a radio show. We went around there, knocked on his door. His sister's opened the door. We're going, all right, his mate in. And she's gone, oh, yeah, like, shouted his name up the stairs and that. We're standing down there for ages, like, fucking hell, I've got to go to this radio show. Like, cunt's been up there for like five or ten minutes. Anyway, comes all downstairs, like, sorry, boys, just finishing a massive wank. It was like, <laughs> that's the sort of geezer he is. So when he sends in that confession, I know he's not talking shit. So I know it's him. But yeah, oh, if, you, uh, if you listen to the podcast and you want to send in dilemmas and confessions and, <laughs> and things like that, then the over the hill podcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Buddha. That's at J. D-A-B-U-D-D-A-H. It's the same on both. So, yeah. Thank you for having me on, mate. And, Martin, it's been a pleasure to meet you via the medium of Zoom yeah. as well, bro. We'll do it again. Yeah, definitely, cool. mate. Definitely. <laughs> Martin, catch you down there. Gracie Baja teaching uh, at one o'clock now, isn't it? Yeah, one o'clock Sunday. I'm teaching glad you now, reminded man. me of what time it was, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, wicked. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, and Great. we'll uh, look forward to some fights this fucking weekend, boy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are you are you gonna you're, you're gonna try and stay up for it, Paul? I'm gonna stay up because I've got my my uh, radio show on Saturday, which is ten to eleven. Eleven o'clock, the prelims will start, and then I'll just it's just a, a countdown as to how long I can stay up for. And I think I'll that will really... be. I think I'll get up from my nap at about ten, put on your radio show while I'm making some food, and then uh, and then that'll be me ready for eleven. Yeah. <laughs> and then I fall asleep for a bit, and then I normally wake up in or around sort of the three ish, half three, four. Mm. Then, it's, uh, it's easy for me like I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that my missus is she's going away she's going to see her family in Leicester this weekend so Saturday I'm going to get up Saturday morning go and smash gym because I've, I've, I've been smashing a granny out of the gym since it opened yeah. I'm so overweight and I'm fit I'm actually putting together a podcast about my experience with couch to 5k so oh, um, that's uh, I'm going to do that week by week I'm doing I'm, I'm adding little bits to it and I'm going to put it out as an entire audio blog at the end of the experience because I've never run before I like running but I'm very heavy but I know that this couch to 5k things a really good way to sort of get back into some fitness mm. so I'm, I'm audio blogging that at a minute so um Wicked. yeah i've been smashing the granny out of the gym so saturday morning i'm gonna get up go and smash that do the shopping do the housework get everything done yeah. watch the, watch the football like liverpool i think newcastle in the afternoon i might i might watch it um you know if i can forgive myself for it um <laughs> and then yeah have me little nap in the afternoon or, or the evening time get up about 10 and that's it mate up and about. I know Martin's not going to do anything but watch it until the morning. So yep, definitely <laughs> as ever. <laughs> I got the thing is I got to get to up on too early on a Sunday morning. I'm up at like I'm up at like six, seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Mm. There so, are times. Good. There are times where I won't bother watching it if there's only like 
if the rest of the card's not that great, I might just like set my alarm for like half four or five, get up, watch the main event, and then go back to sleep, and then watch the yeah. rest of it another time. Yeah, yeah. Well, funny enough, I was talking to Paul the other day. I said we're thinking about doing a, a potential uh, meet up for the Connor McGregor and uh, Dustin Poirier fight. Then uh, I might actually try and stay up for that if I can. <laughs> See what I can do. I'm definitely. I don't know if you boys would be interested. We could talk about it another time. But I've. I said to Paul, I've got like a podcast mixer and a few mics and that. And if we, if there's a time where there's like a European card where we could all get together at someone's house and sit down and maybe set up a couple of mics and do like a fight yeah, companion or man. something like that, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'd be bang up for That'd recording wicked, it. Man. So. Yeah, definitely, we'll, mate. We'll definitely. Bear that in mind later in the year if we get a European card or another one that's on European time. And obviously, we're allowed in each other's houses again. We stop being the wee <laughs> little boys. Then, uh... Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Right, gents. Sweet. Take care, man. Later. See you later.